here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. This is TJ Morris, also known as Teresa Jeanette Thurmond Morris, and I am your host as of June 6, 2012. <laughs> I've been doing radio shows right here for oral reports and uh, talking about various subjects, including uh, art, culture, education, science, technology, engineering, folk life, ufology, astrology, alienology, cosmology, phenomenology, etymology, and the study of ancient wisdom and new thought teachings. And today we're going to specialize in the ACO radio shows because we formed American Communications Online with those that speak English. So this will have to be translated around the world in other languages if you'd like to. Feel free. We're open source right now with Jan Aldrich of Connecticut, who uh, follows his website in Australia with uh, friends of his that offer him that service free of charge at open source. And his project is called Project 1947. And he has joined me in the UFO Association that was started by me and Stanton T. Friedman a long, long time ago. And uh, J. Allen Hynek and uh, Don Berliner was the one that sort of put us together without knowing it through uh, <laughs> NICAP and uh, Dr. Bruce McAbee for the ACO, Alien Contact Organization Department or Division. And uh, we've been working with ACIR, uh, Shared Confidential Investigative Reports, and Allied Command intergalactic relations we also use that for american communications internet radio now in the future so we're uh, really glad so welcome aboard all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet now i'm going to call here and hope we uh don't get cut off but i call jan in order to save him money because we do use our uh phones and uh it's easier to call him from the studio direct to save him money so he can help uh form a narrative with me for our ACO association a part of UFO association so it's by invitation only and here I go let's see 860 is Connecticut. Agnes Wachowski, can I help you? Uh-oh, have the wrong number. Sorry, I'll... Okay, try. that's okay. Sorry. <laughs> it popped up right when it said Jan sent you a message. Let me try one more time. Uh, 860... Okay, he doesn't mind me saying the area code for Connecticut, and he's very much out there, uh, and more so now with me, I think, than he ever <laughs> has been, though he's been on many news stations uh, as a historian. 
860 Somebody got some free advertising, didn't they? Let's try this one more time. We're calling the right number. Uh, Hello. To... Ah, is this the real Jan Aldrich? Right. Or is it the only Jan Aldrich? I'm not sure. How many Jan Aldrichs are on the Earth, the planet we call Earth? Somebody oh. else has got the same, well, more than one or two, because when I tried to get a, a email address, I, I couldn't, because it was, I had to be like number 10 or something. Oh, okay. James in Prague is saying, oops, you need these. I'm like, James, he's a psychic uh, medium like I am, James in Prague, and he's done a lot of television shows. <laughs> so we got the right Jan Aldrich. Thank you, uh, James in Prague. He does events with us in our ACO uh, our, uh, club. So welcome, Jan Aldrich, the right one with the UFO Association organization of very many websites. And uh, Jan is here on TJ Mars ET Radio, and we are live. And uh, so welcome, Jan Aldrich of Connecticut, USA. And you are a former military person and government service employee, as am I. And we're doing our job now. So we're retired and sharing similar interest projects in cyberspace online. So I'm going to uh, tell you that though we've never met each other, that I can recall. If we did, I don't remember, but that doesn't mean anything. With uh, I'm in my twilight years. I'll be 28 on uh, – <laughs> I wish – I don't know. 68, <laughs> December 26th, the day after Christmas. But I'd like to say happy birthday real quick, Jan, to a friend of mine, Thomas Anthony Sinisi of New Jersey. He has moved to the Big Island of Hawaii, and he is now uh, about my age. I think he's one year younger, or he may be just uh, – I think he turned 68 when I turned – wait, he turns – 67 when I turned 68 anyway or he, he may be just turning 68 and then I turn 68 I'll have to get that correct but that is uh, a lot of you guys in radio know him as Hawksblood or Tommy Hawksblood and uh, Tommy Hawksblood in radio and television and from Las Vegas when he did his magic shows and all of that Penn and Teller kind of stuff and uh, he worked with Janet Carroll Lesson and Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson and some UFO events out in California and uh, he worked with me and some people in New York and he's worked with me in radio now since 2012 so I just want to say happy birthday uh, Thomas Anthony Sinisi now he works mainly with our UK group and the UFO Association under ACO Club, Alien Contact Organization Club, and works with Tina Bird, and she's been over there with uh, many, many famous people, including uh, Von Daniken, Eric Von Daniken, and had her picture made with many people recently, like Richard Dolan, Linda Mohau, different people. So welcome uh, to Tina Bird and all those listening with uh, R.J. Kellett, Russ Kellett. That just recently came on our show on Revolution Radio, and uh, welcome anybody that works with Janet Carroll Lesson and the Anunnaki studies and books historically with our uh, Ace Folklife Society and Dr. Alexander Philip Sasha Lesson, Ph.D. in Anthropology, Masters in Psychology. Okay, I wanted to get all that out of the way. 
because I don't want to forget my friends. This is all about how to win friends and influence people in the UFO Association, and there's so many. Jan and I decided we better get together and talk because we've got a lot of friends that have passed over. Now, Jan has worked recently, and that's why I got interested in him over at the CUFOs Labs or CUFOs Building or Center. And uh, he worked with Barry Greenwood, and Barry came on, very jovial guy. I liked him. We'll have him on later. But we're trying to get as much out of Jan right now because he had it on his mind. He he was doing uh, scanning, and uh, we've been covering this. This is our ninth week of uh, thorough investigation with him. But before we started in this book, we had a talk with him and Barry at the Center for UFO Studies. Now, I usually ask Jan if there's something he wants to cover from the last week. So, Jan, now it is your turn to talk because once okay. you get started, it's hard to turn you off. <laughs> and not that I would want to because you said you could talk forever with the life you've got left. Jan had a bout with cancer, so he, uh, he's been very nice to uh, realize that he may be able to help us more orally than not than just collecting papers so jan where would you like to start today well uh, last time we were talking about some of these people that we're looking for uh i didn't get into the 60s there's still people from the the 40s and 50s that uh um and one one of the people i'd like to talk about is uh james brewster uh, he worked for uh, Republic Airlines, or not Republic, I'm sorry, Re- Republic Aviation. It was not an airline. It was a, it was a, uh, uh, an aviation company that built uh, airplanes and such. Um, for some reason, uh, at the Pentagon, they liked Republic uh uh, aviation, um, going all the way back to the ghost rockets, uh, one of the vice presidents of, uh, Republic Aviation was in, uh, was in, um, Sweden, and he had a sighting of ghost rockets, and he, he was, uh, uh, he went and visited the Pentagon, and he told them about it, and it was in, a in one of the staff meetings that they normally have every week, uh, uh, all the uh, high Air Force staff get together and they exchange information. And that was, uh, as the vice president, uh, a guy named Flickinger, who uh, who had the sighting in... Um, in Scandinavia, is early '47. It was before Arnold, um, and it was discussed in a staff meeting at the Pentagon. Uh, now, another employee of uh, Republic Airlines was uh, 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 also uh, known by. Uh, Donald V. Keogh, this is pre-NICAP time, this is early in Keogh's career. So he was one of Keogh's informants. So Brewster uh, went ahead and he would keep, 
he would tell Keo if he went over to the Pentagon what they discussed, especially on UFOs. In April, he wrote Keo, and this is one of the few letters that's, that survive. He wrote Keo that he had been over to the CIA and tried to get them more interested in UFOs, and he thought he was succeeding. Um, in in fifty one, uh, people may recall the uh, the one of the UFO incidents uh, there at uh, Fort Monmouth. Uh, where there were uh, UFO chase and uh, radar case all put together, and uh, the case was forwarded to uh, to Wright Field. And at this time, it was Project Grudge, and uh, they 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 had considered that oh the UFO. Uh, project had run its course and uh they weren't going to really pay too much attention to it uh uh they got the uh, information over the uh wire and then by telephone and they were just making jokes about it when they uh when they got it uh and then there was some uh, it was supposed to be classified, but it somehow got out to the public. So that made the people in the Pentagon a little uneasy, and they uh, told uh, they told the people at Wright Field to send me two representatives down here to Washington. Have them go to. Uh, Fort Monmouth first, though, and look into the information there, look into the uh, um, sighting there. Well, somebody else went to Fort Monmouth, too. It was James Brewster from from the Republic Airlines. Now, we don't know if he went to the Pentagon also, but uh, Ruppelt thinks he did, uh, and other people think he did. Uh, like I said, he used to let Keogh know what was um, what was going on? Here is the problem with Keo, though. He was too smart for his own good. He was he had a uh, what people uh, used to call photo photographic memory. Um, I think they call it identic memory. He uh, he didn't make notes or things like that. Or if he got letters and stuff like that, he remembered what was in them. And then he'd just pass them on to his editors at True Magazine. He wrote a number of articles for True Magazine. And so True Magazine threw out their UFO files in about 1955. So all these, all the things that Keogh had, or many of the things that Keogh had, were missing. Because he could remember them up in his mind, and he didn't feel like he had to keep them. So he passed them on to True. It's unfortunate. However, this is one of the way, uh, ways we know about Brewster. Now, Brewster had uh, been in the investigation with uh, with uh, another organization in the Air Force of the Monmouth case, the uh, Office of Special Investigations. 
So here's this guy. He's uh, he's a uh, aeronautical engineer, and he seems to have the the privilege of going wherever he wants to where there's a UFO sighting and sticking his nose in. Um, Well, what happened next was with the Fort Monmouth case, like I said, we don't know that Brewster was there, but I think maybe he was. Because I think maybe he tipped Keogh off to what was going on. Um, the guy that was running the UFO uh, uh, investigation was a, uh, was a uh, reserve officer that had just been put on onto the uh, case his his name was uh, Cummings Um, and uh, his uh, his superior uh, uh, Rosengarten Lieutenant Colonel Rosengarten had gone they were the two that were sent to uh, Monmouth to uh, find out what was going on there and they were told to charter a plane and report to the Pentagon from uh, Fort Monmouth. So that's what they did. They chartered a plane and went down there. This is getting kind of serious. So General Cabell had a meeting. Uh, General Cabell need to talk about him. He is. He was the. Uh, he was uh, the newly installed head of Air Force Intelligence at the time. Uh, he he would later go on to uh, the CIA. In any case, he held held a meeting with his staff, and uh, um, he said uh, he said this case has been very slipshod. What's going on here? Can somebody tell me what's happening? And. Uh, uh, Rosengarten and uh, Cummings looked at each other, and Cummings is—you could tell that he wanted to say something—and Rosengarten uh, shook his head so that he could, you know, let him let him go. Go ahead, say it. And Cummings told Cavell, he said, "There is no UFO investigation. It's slipshod." Um, we don't have enough people. Um, nobody takes it serious. Uh, and then, after hearing this from uh, Cummings, it's pretty brave because he's only a lieutenant. Although he's he he knows he's going to college, so he'll be released from the uh, from the Air Force very soon. Um, they're going to send him to college so he can uh, become an aeronautical engineer. So, um, Cabell blew his stack. This is a two-star general starting, uh, telling his staff. He says, "I've been lied to. I've been lied to. I want, uh, I want absolute objectivity. This is not what I asked for. I want this." Um, I want this investigation to be absolutely up and up. Um, 
so Cummings had ri- uh, uh, lit a fuse, and the Pentagon blew up uh, over the way UFOs were handled. Um, Cabell tell, told his second-in-command, uh, 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 General Garland, uh, Brigadier General Garland, he said that he wanted the uh, whole UFO program revamped. So they got, uh, they asked around, uh, <clears throat> um, right field, looking for people. They decided for some reason that they would not get the people that were careerists. They would use, they would use, uh, people that came in uh, as a result of the Korean War as reservists, and they they would just be, as since they were reservists, they would just be there for the, uh, for the duration of the war, and then they go back to civilian life. Um, there were several people that were picked before uh, Edward Ruppelt. Um, one was... Uh, Lieutenant Charlie Brown, Charles Brown, he was uh, he was an OSI uh, agent. Um, uh, normally, after the Second World War, a lot of these guys were discharged. Uh, they decided to keep him on because not only was he uh, a good investigative agent, he was also a pilot. <coughs> so he had more than one. Uh, skill set. Uh, he said he didn't want to leave OSI. He felt that uh, he owed OSI a, uh, a debt because they kept him on in the army where they had discharged a number of other people, and so he felt like he uh, his loyalty was with the OSI. So the, they looked for a number of other people. They came up with uh, a guy named Messenger, and then. Uh, Ruppelt, and Ruppelt kind of won, won out because the other uh, lieutenant was um, uh, reassigned. Uh, Ruppelt had a, a, a real good uh, uh, record. He had been a former enlisted man. Um, they call that a Mustang. Uh, he, he was, uh, he, he got to be a, a lieutenant by, uh, uh, officer training. He didn't get it through the academy or through uh, ROTC. Um, and he had just graduated. He was an aeronautical engineer. Uh, the other virtue he had, he could type. And uh, right field was always short of people that could do admin work like typing. So that that probably sealed his fate as being the head of Project Blue Book. Now, he's a young lieutenant. He's just been a lieutenant for a very few months. He's just got to right field, and he's still learning his job. He doesn't even have a top-secret clearance yet. He won't get one until uh, into 52. Um, uh, and he has a major slot which is, uh, for him, is is really good. If he can perform in a major slot, he'd probably get 
promoted early. Uh, he's 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 doing a uh, a job that's well above his pay grade. So right after that, he sets out to revamp the uh, Air Force UFO program, and he describes this in his book, uh, uh, the report on unidentified flying objects. Um, he does. They do give him uh, several lieutenants and some enlisted and uh, um, uh, some uh, civilian admin people. Uh, Project Blue Book is about uh, has as many personnel as it's ever going to have right then. They have uh, uh, he has uh, six lieutenants. Uh, an enlisted man and uh two uh two civilian uh clerks so he's in pretty good shape most of the other project blue book uh officers uh may have another officer and an uh, uh a uh an nco but uh and maybe some uh, clerical help. But Ruppelt's got more than anybody else's had since Project Sign, which had almost 200 people working for it at one time. Um, so he revi- he uh, starts to revamp the UFO project and submits budgets and all the other things that you have to do to get it, get it going again. Um, and he's uh he's uh like i said he is he's considered a a uh since he's a a reserve officer and everybody that works for him is a reserve officer and the pentagon monitor in the uh, pentagon is also a reserve officer so all the people in the original project blue book are reserve officers they're not career officers. Uh, don't you think that's odd? That, they that is odd. Always... That's why I'm trying to point it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a reserve officer, too, so I, I didn't understand when they brought me back in from Africa, and they escorted me down to the goat locker in the Houston government building, and they had these men in black suits, as usual. But they uh, they all had me take the U.S. Treasury test and the D-Lab, Defense Language Aptitude Battery, and the Navy, but uh, the men were really tall, like over six feet, like six, seven, and they actually, when they picked me up from Africa, they uh, had their, uh, they escorted me first class and uh, pointed out stars to me, some kind of cross in the uh, stars and took me and showed me the gold mines in Africa and I had to go to the CIA office in Africa. Uh, Anyway, I don't know who they were, but they wound up uh, being all the government agencies with ACIR. But uh, when they finally uh, wanted me in uniform and I would wear all of them, they said it was a brand new program. I don't know, but that's what I was told. 
calls. I'm like, okay, I was just a dumbass investigator from 67, you know, the kid that husband got picked by Chris Kraft to work at NASA. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was having fun. But the men in black came in and escorted me and my husband at the time. We were just teenagers in high school out of a, a movie house in Houston. Uh, I think it was Windsor Theater then because we went to see later uh, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey with a lot of people like Ken Johnston at uh, NASA and his uh, cousin. And anyway, his family lived down there where I did in uh, NASA area. But uh, uh, he was uh, actually uh, officer, Ken R. Johnston, but uh, over here in Pensacola. Where I live now and he went to school here and he went through flight training and he was a pilot but later on in life uh, we crossed again but he he why but now he didn't work inside this group like I did ACIR or UFO Association or whatever you want to call it CUFOs or NICAP or CSI but you did now you were you weren't a reservist like me so how did you wind up being – well, I was full-time carried a green card, if you know what that means, but for several years. But I was an investigator playing clothes, and then they put me through active duty and carried a green card. But still, they, they always tell me I was in a different program. And then they laid, the second time they brought me in as a rehire, 4 by 10 they made me a Sierra Mariner, Sam, called me a Sam. But did – you you how, how did you get into this if you weren't like I was a reservist how did you get in as active uh, duty? well I didn't have any <clears throat> in the military I didn't have anything to do with UFOs <clears throat> well I didn't either but I would yeah. did as a as a they took me to meet Stanton Friedman uh, in seventy six maybe when they had me meet Jesse Marcel you know of the Roswell UFO. They were wanting me to find out if he hid some of the uh, spacecraft, the UFO, in his backyard in Louisiana. And I was from Louisiana and had that accent, I guess. But uh, they had it all rigged up with friends of mine in Louisiana. And then uh, was it Don Berliner or was it – who was it that got Stanton with on the uh, Jesse Marcel case? Do you remember? It was Don that old? It was Don Holy crap! This is spooky, because uh, Berliner I, and uh, Berlitz, and yeah, Berliner didn't get credit for the work that he did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh my God! So you were around. So you, yeah, I was I around. I know what's going on here. You so, did, yeah. but why didn't you know who I was? They kept me uh, black ops. I so don't. They I, wanted, well, they wouldn't let anybody use like my I name. Like I said, I was. Uh, so I was overseas for. Well, I was <laughs> about eight years all you know uh all at once i didn't i you know i just went from one, one tour in germany to another tour in germany then one in italy well they made me a corpsman and i didn't even want to be so they fought me the whole time i had to go over where i met uh william tompkins bill tompkins uh California. I didn't even know they had astronaut anything in California. I only knew about Houston and Florida, which I'm down here now. But some guy called me today asking me about Pensacola and Navy, some guy, a psychic investigator. 
but he was only 32 years old. He said his name was Gordon. But people call me all the time, you know, to help them on cases still. But uh, I don't understand. Maybe you can help me, uh, Jan, because I'm still trying to put all the players together. But remember, they didn't tell us who each other was. They'd just give me a number and tell me to call a phone number. And then that person would know somebody like you and me. We have they put us together, but who will here's what I think. I think there's an extraterrestrial group and I think there's a government group on the planet. And they work together because that's what I was told. And my husband verified that to me in Europe. And when he worked with uh MI six and uh the uh European theater uh, when I'd call into the CIA, they used to give us a different number weekly, and you got funny papers. They called it the New Testament, a little New Testament book, and they gave all the military, all the government people. But these were things only like back in the day, gumshoes and spooks knew. Did you know about any of that when you were no, no, overseas? I'm not, when I was overseas, I was overseas for uh, – I got over there, and I got put in uh, into intelligence. Uh, but not, but you were not army, the kind of right? I, I no I did the the kind of investigations I did is I prepared clearance paperwork for people that are going to have access to uh, nuclear weapons or were going to go to some kind of school or uh, were going to transfer to uh, uh, or, or needed uh, clearance for their job. Well, but, I did uh, that too. That's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, but not until Hawaii. Well, but wait, I didn't. No, I did you know, I didn't investigate Chicago. people except for you know locally. What you know, uh, you'd ask the MPs. What do they have any? Uh, you'd ask the the medics if they had anything that uh, on drugs or something like that. Because yeah, I did that too. Nuclear, nuclear exactly weapons was a big thing. You couldn't you couldn't uh, have done drugs or anything like that. Yeah, so, uh, there had to be no drugs, and uh, I did medical files, and I did MP files, and I did corpsman files. Well, I did uh, Office of Personnel Management files. I was trained to clearance levels, and then for contractors that got badges in Hawaii, had to come through uh, PwC, Public Works Center, and then they put me, sent me to handle all the clearance. And even the guy, when he came to Hawaii that was going to be in charge of all clearances from Washington, D.C., got mad at me. He came in on a phone, and I wouldn't check him in because he, he wanted me just to give him his clearance so he could do something. And I, I said, I can't. You know, he said, but you're just a GS-5. I said, it doesn't matter what they pay me. I'm trained, and I can't just let you do this. So people tried to pull stuff on me all the time, but what they liked about me is I was honest, and they still treated me like I was an uh, agent, an, individ an individual person with my own mind. So NIS reports would come to me. FBI reports would come to me, but uh, they still had people over me. I always worked for the commanding officer, and even the XO couldn't really – work me. I, only the commanding officer gave me rule. What they uh, Only firsthand. Same thing with President Reagan. They give you hip pocket orders. So you only can answer to your commanding officer. So did, now when you went intelligence, did you have to go through uh, the, well in Navy it's JAG, but they showed me in the Army next door when they trained me in Chicago and they showed me the Hadron Collider thing or whatever that was called. When you went to Europe, you were in Germany. Did you 
you worked on base just like I did, right? But you worked for uh, what? Did you work for S two division? Yeah, S two. I was the I was the I was the S two sergeant. So oh. <clears throat> that's uh, in in okay. uh, in a uh, in a nuclear capable battalion. That's usually uh, an E eight. Yeah, so, and I married. So when I got over there, I I I I had been in nuclear units almost from the very first. When I got to Korea, in, I was in a in, in a uh, unit that was that had, was nuclear capable. So I knew how I knew how a lot of this stuff went just by being around there. You just pick uh, things up. By yeah, we trained each other. There. So I already I I had some knowledge of what goes on there I, and i'm in the field artillery so we had now which <clears throat> s2 division in what years because I, I i was 80s but i was training in in country from the 60s i was intelligence. in the 80s to the 90s i was i was uh, okay so uh all right i had yeah 80 so to when, when i got over there they said oh we're going to have it uh the one of the first things they told me when i got there which I knew nothing about. They said, "Oh, we're having an investigate. We're having a an inspection by the Defense Nuclear Agency," and everybody's going, "Oh, good grief! These guys are terrible. You know, they're going to hang us all." Um, and I I was fortunate enough. I had an officer from Fort Sill that he uh, he taught a lot of the nuclear weapons material at Fort Sill, so. Uh, I paid it, you know. I I pretty well paid attention to him, and then, then the uh, special weapons sergeant had. He had been in just about every nuclear position there was, from uh, battery all the way up to army. Um, he was uh, he was really knowledgeable, and that's the only thing he had done, is uh, special weapons. So. Um, and everybody knew him. All the people in nuclear weapons knew him. They knew him. He's just like uh, people would stop him. We'd be, we'd be, well, like we go. We, uh, one time when we went to third uh, division headquarters to do something, and we're on the street, and this major pulls up in a jeep with his jeep and uh, his driver, and he stops and he. Uh, he knows Sergeant Berentine from Korea, you know, and he says, you know, and so he's t talking with him and talking about stuff. Um, he was he he was like uh, well respected. All everybody everybody knew him. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to have him. I was able to. <laughs> we were able to uh, navigate that inspection and did better than we should have. Um, they tell you when you when they when they uh, have their in briefing. They said there are only two ratings here. There's no uh, excellent or outstanding. It's satisfactory or unsatisfactory. Unsatisfactory means that uh, you can't do your mission. Okay, so I, you know, I'm hearing all this, all this uh, scare talk and everything, and uh, you know, I, 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 I made my nuclear weapons roster, 
you know, who's guy, who's in what position and things like that. I misspelled the, uh, the guy's last name. So you can't have a mistake like that. It's absolutely not allowed. You can't do that. Everything's got to be perfect. Perfect, perfect. He said, uh, there's there's no room for mistakes here. You've got to do oh, it Oh, yeah, we couldn't make one, two, or three even to the uh... – when we were typing before we used computers, right? We had to. Yeah. You couldn't make a, a typo. Uh, it just wasn't allowed. I had to do it yeah. over myself. So, are now was yeah, that? Then we, you, were uh, you then, doing the then, typing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did. I, uh, you know, I had a clerk. I had a clerk with a clearance, so uh, he would do I it. I would clerk. do it. E three, E one, two, three. When they came on the on the base. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. so so uh so uh you have to become uh you have to know all the regulations backwards and forwards too you know you have to yeah uh, yeah study so, those i had to yeah you all have to study books. all the nuclear oh weapons God. regulations and and know them backwards and forwards so so this is my first inspection so now the main now guy they, when they left when they when the defense nuclear agency left and what we had is we had an Air Force colonel, full bull, and a uh, <clears throat> uh, a Navy commander, and an Army warrant officer. And uh, of course, these guys all knew Sergeant Barentine, so so uh, so I was I was able to. Uh, uh, he was kind of a shield. Was... He was kind of a shield because I was just I learning. I remember it. that name. Wasn't he like? Uh, everybody was scared. Barentine, I even know that name, but I mean, I know it from intelligence work. We, they were scared well, well, of him. Well, we were. Uh, it's the Sergeant same thing. Barentine. He had to, he had, you know, I taught him stuff about intelligence. He start, taught me stuff about nuclear weapons. And when they left, they had questions. They had questions. They didn't give us a rating. They said, we have questions about some of the things you're doing here. And we're going to go, when we get back to the Pentagon, we'll send you uh, your rating. Now, they told us, you know, we just get satisfactory or unsatisfactory, and they just suspended our rating. Did he work it, in the Pentagon? I think so. I'm not sure. I know he worked at Army level. I like think at he Army. even went. Yeah. Uh, he may have husband. worked at the Pentagon. He, uh, like I said, just about everybody knew him. Yeah. So they, they he came they, and went, I think, yeah, out of the, the Pentagon, the, I think. Defense mm-hmm. Defense Nuclear Agency came back and said, uh, "We have resolved all the questions we had on your operations." Oh. We, we were we were a weird unit, anyways. We supported German a German uh, tank uh, Panzer division. Yeah, we, my we husband supported, was in uh, it. We supported twelfth <laughs> Panzer, so you know we're not we're not even uh, working in the U.S. Army. We're working for the Germans. But they sent this uh, they sent this thing back saying we've resolved all your uh, the, uh, uh, items that that were that we had questions on, and they're all resolved. Uh, um, there, I forget exactly what they. Anyways, they, they were satisfied with what we did, and they said uh, they repeated this thing. 
we don't give ratings other than satisfactory or unsatisfactory. Yep. And and then it said under that, if we were to rate this unit, we would give it excellent. So the colonel gets that message from the Pentagon, <laughs> and he's walking around with his chest out, you know, uh, because this is the highest unit that expects uh, nuclear weapons units. You know, you, you get one from your local, like from Corps or Army, maybe. But this is this is from the Pentagon. It was really good. So, you know, he. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing yet. And so they say, okay, we're going to give you a, a, a medal. And I said, no, I don't need a medal. I, I said, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> the Do last you know thing why, I need, you know, and Barentine, Barentine's got, you know, he's got, he's got a, 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 a like uh, three MSMs and uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, Army commendation medals, and I'm saying, yeah, yeah, I says, <laughs> he, he says, I don't want another one. I got enough. <laughs> oh, that's what my husband used to tell me. He didn't need a. He was a, like a really good hero too. Well, Charles Burlitz, real quick before we pass all this up, uh, here in Florida, some people that liked him wanted me helping him before he died, but I didn't have time. Uh, I, I mean, I did and I didn't. I had family issues, but uh, here in Florida, but he finally died. But Charles Burlitz, he did the Roswell incident. You, right. you're, that's who you're right in the Philadelphia experiment and. Without a Trace, The Dragon's Triangle, very, very famous man, but he explored the paranormal. But he died December 18th, but I don't remember what year. Was it 2003? Do you remember I, Charles? I, don't, I, I can't tell you that, no. I think it was in the New York Times. He was born 1913, so at least we got his name in here. So can we give him an honorable mention or something in, this, in our book? Because he spent 26 years in the Army Intelligence. Uh, I don't know if you know that or not, but he 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 started business. No, I, I, I don't know much about Berlitz. I I've never met him. And uh, well, his wife was Lynn Berlitz Hilton of Fort Lauderdale, right. and they had two and, grandchildren. You know, I asked Berliner about him a couple of times, and he he just uh, you know he didn't want to talk about him. So why? I don't so know. They were leaving him out because he was famous. I think they were a little jealous of him. Because of the uh, Roswell incident, and then I wrote Roswell UFO encounters. But uh, anyway, but uh, they liked him a lot because he wrote books. But he also explored the paranormal with the for the government as an intelligence officer, and uh, he wrote a bestseller. Uh, I think it was Bermuda Triangle, wasn't it? Bermuda Triangle. He made it very famous. Paranormal. He was really good. I, I was supposed to sort of follow that, his lead, and help people in etymology and in paranormal. I guess you and I are doing that now, right? We're going to be authors of the paranormal. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Uh, if, is that where yeah, you are? Uh, you think it's real, and I think it's real because we lived it. But the, uh, um, yeah, mentioned. Uh, Berliner again in this part of your book because I call it a book or your or you had Berliner Berlitz and who else did you say that helped Stanton Friedman? These are names people may know or want to know what we know about them. Well, it was so, William Moore? 
William Moore, too. Now, yes, uh, Moore and Berlitz was the I think the uh, the titles they brought Berlitz in. Uh, uh, because they had a famous name. Exactly. Well, and, thank you and, they, and needs they did. A I, I I think they mentioned Berliner in the book, but he done more, I think, than uh, the others. Yeah, he wanted. But to they wanted a a, a, a known name on the book. I he, think that's it. Um, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty right, sure uh, you're right. And. Uh, so you're back over there, and I, I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but I just because we drop names in here, we're supposed to remember them and help people know that they're part of what we're doing, so we don't forget them. But these, uh, he died. He was 90, and he was the author of the Paranormal in 2003. I think he was covered in the New York Times, folks. If you, until we can get his name written in our books, that we're writing for historical purposes. But we got to go back and do all this from memory. And we're, uh, he's got so much paperwork in front of him. Jan does. <laughs> we're just now getting his information down, much less anybody else's, but at least we're dropping names intentionally, folks, in our UFO association, just so we can try to come back and at least maybe cut and paste a page of memory for them. We're trying to at least do a who's who. So you'll see Charles Berlin, our uh, Charles Berlitz was 90 and an author, and then Don Berliner, I say Berliner, but he's Berliner, uh, and uh, Stanton Friedman, and then you mentioned Bill Moore, and uh, you, now that's the name that a lot of people. It starts becoming uh, famous uh, in, I don't know if you'd say documentaries in the UFO business, like the Blue Book. But William Moore, Bill Moore, right? Was tell me what you know about him because he was brought all that aviary stuff that a lot of people think the bluebirds aviary and all that they started doing uh code names falcon and you know whatever else it was but that's the one you're talking about right right that's, aviary. The, that's the more i'm talking about yep all right now do you know any is his first name william but it was bill moore and was he a mormon well, or was he... bill moore you know he was uh, um he, I mean, he, was, he went to all the conferences, and he always knew all the stuff about Roswell and what was coming out on MJ-12. Uh, he was the he was the conduit for all this stuff. Yeah, he co-authored with he Charles was the, he was the Ros He was kind of like the Roswell authority. He's really old now. Is he still alive? He's like yes, 70. Yes, yes, he's in Pennsylvania. Uh, I talked really? To, uh, I talked to one of his friends. Yeah, he's in Pennsylvania, and uh he hasn't he hasn't talked about this for a while um I talked to one of his friends and his friend said well I think he's going to uh talk about <laughs> talk about uh the you know his his uh, history uh, here coming up uh, he hasn't um yeah cuz he, he had uh, to... he, he he went he went to I think it was the Las Vegas uh, conference for MUFON and then uh oh Bill and Moore he said, did? "Hey, I, I, everything I've done is uh, is disinformation. I'm a dis, uh, unpaid disinformation officer for the government." <laughs> and, I know he uh, came clean. Uh, that what that happened? pretty well that pretty well put him on the the slides with uh, ufology. He uh, well, it puts him. He in did the try to recover for a while. Business. He 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 continued uh, putting out his. Uh, 
his journal for a while, but uh, uh, he finally just more or less He's in went into oblivion. Yeah, but he is in Wikipedia, born October 31st on Halloween. So he was born to spook people or to be a character or to be in Comic-Con. Yeah, I don't believe he was a government unpaid government disinformation agency. I don't believe Well, he was an author, and he was a UFO researcher, prominent right, 70s right. to late 80s. Now, he do, did co-author two books with Charles Berlitz, the famous, famous, famous author. Bermuda Triangle, and because paranormal was not that big, I mean, we had science fiction, but we were trying to go into reality, bring it into the paranormal desk, the Roswell incident. So at least he got that going. Now, as far as him being a disinformation agent, I know that him and William Doty, uh, no, Rick, Rick Doty, right? Richard Doty, Richard Doty. Now, you know anything about Richard Doty in the Air Force? Rick Doty. Force. He's he, an OSI, he was an OSI agent. Yeah, what do you know about him? Because he goes with William Moore. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were they were thicker than thieves. <laughs> so, thicker than I you mean, and me. You know, they were they you know they were uh, uh, Doty and Moore were um, together on this on uh, you know a lot of the business with with this thing. So well, did they, uh, they ever re- say about the men in black or who was over them in the intelligence world? Because they were working national. Uh, Doty was, was in a um, – I mean, he had been all over the he'd – been, he'd been to several uh, – he, he, he had 20 years in the military, probably more. So he, uh, he'd been to a number of assignments. Uh, the big one was the 17th um, – district when he was in uh, New Mexico he and Moore were you know in the same place at oh they were located there. really yeah, he, the location he uh, uh Doty rotated it around he he was in Germany when he got out oh who was in yeah. Germany William Moore or Richard, Richard Doty uh, Moore has never was never in the military it's Doty oh no, no, oh, okay. Moore, Moore is not in the. So how did Richard Doty meet Bill Moore then in the aviary? So Bill was never in the military. So did oh, they, they poo him? They met. They met because uh, a lot of the people in the 17th District OSI were were interested in UFOs. Uh, okay, well I'm glad that you're they kind of pulled to me uh, pulled some uh, uh, fast stuff on. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe, too. <laughs> Tell me about that. I like Linda Oh, Moulton come on. Howe. Oh, it's so bad. Well, not the story that you know, but I mean, the, tell me real. Let's do our history. Here, here is the here. Uh, let's do our history. I don't know if it was more Doty that called her up and said, uh, you know, uh, people have been talking about us uh, sleeping together. Oh, and really? And that was his. That was the. That. I mean, it was so. It's so bad. It's valley, so, bad. so Valley of the Dolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's Remember? you know that that's that's how I get your interest by saying something like that to you. Um, yeah. I think the, the guy had the you know, I, he, you know. He, Richard Doty so, was uh, sleeping with Linda you know, Moulton uh, Howell. Yeah, she uh, <laughs> really? she did do uh, she did do some stuff for um, Barry Greenwood for uh, 
for in his book. Barry Greenwood and the Linda Moten Hal right after uh, you said that. Uh, well, yeah. All as I can say is I I I I I think these guys are pretty uh, uh, they're pretty underhanded. Let's put it that way. Well, you don't think people are talking about me and you sleeping together, do you? No, I I don't think so. <laughs> uh, at our age. <laughs> me, I'm. Although she's uh, older than me. I got right? you know. I, that that's what's funny about Facebook, you know. Uh, I think all these people think that they can uh, uh, meet some old guy and and uh, he'll he'll pop off in a few years and they'll they'll inherit. Well, yeah, yeah. If it's me, you're unlucky because I don't have anything. I don't have yeah, anything to inherit. <laughs> we were I have we no were money, doing this you know? out of love. I have yeah, no money yeah. There's either. no such thing. Yeah. Well, now um, she was that, born. Uh, you know, Harold Fulton in in New Zealand. He did meet. Uh, he did uh, meet a Filipino uh, gal and married her, and I think uh, she was uh, she was the genuine article. And uh, when uh, Fulton died, uh, she looked around New Zealand to find somebody else that was uh, big in UFOs and uh, uh uh, called Murray Bott, and he said, you know, my husband told me I need to give this to somebody that's serious in UFOs, and can you come down here and pick it up? And that's what Murray did. He went down there and drove his car, and he said he probably couldn't get anything else in his car. Fulton had so much stuff. <laughs> wow. Was that out of Albuquerque where Linda lives? What's that? No, what New you're Zealand. Talking about the data. Uh, oh, in New Zealand. Lord, yeah, I'm yeah, this uh, Harold Fulton was from... in New Zealand, but he, you know, he had married a uh, um, uh, Filipino. He met, he met, he met her in the Philippines, and they married. A lot of men did that. I remember because I lived in Hawaii in the eighties. But I, well, I, a lot I, you of... know, I married a, I, I married a Korean, so. Oh, you married a Korean. Okay, well, yeah, that's so okay. It's just what I, 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 like I, I love girls. people that, that come up to me and say you're white so that you, you're, yeah. you're, uh, you're, you're a racist. I said, yeah, I had, uh, I got, uh, um, white skin, I, I, so you're uh, racist. I'm, I'm, I'm Russian and Polish and I got a, uh, my kid is half Korean and my grandchildren are half Mexican. Yeah, I'm. I mm. sure am. You know. Yeah, I've got a granddaughter half black. So go figure. And my name's Thurmond, by the way. T H U R M O N D. We had a lot of trouble as white people with the name Thurmond because of Strom Thurmond being so political. You know, it was not easy right. on me. And he he went and my brother was Marine. My brother's dead now, but he trained people. You know, they swim outside of submarines and laid uh, the cable lines in Japan and places, but uh, Strom Thurmond came to get my brother and the Marine out. Of, I think my brother was down here in Florida, but him and a senator's son got in trouble for uh, the guys and the Marines, and you know this, they're not, they had clearances, but they weren't supposed to do pot. <laughs> in the nuclear business, right? right? So anyway, but Strom Thurmond did help my brother, uh, but he's dead now. My brother's dead, and Strom Thurmond's dead, and my uncle Charles is dead, and my dad died. 
My dad died the same year my mother died. Uh, my mother died May 2nd, 3rd, or 4th. I forget in uh, 2011, and my dad December 9th, 2011, which I thought was strange how people come and go. My, it's like uh, Wizard of Oz, people come and go really quickly around here. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Charles Burlitz did die. Now, William Moores, I think he's still alive. You said, you just confirmed. Yeah, yeah, he's now, in Pennsylvania. And Linda Moulton Howell, age 70-some-odd, she was born January 2042. She was 10 years younger than my mother, so she's American journalist, but uh, she's still alive, yes, she right? Is. Of course she is, yes. 2019. How old is she if she was born 42? 77? That's what it says here yeah, on something. I, I don't know. I don't, I but don't, anyway. I, I only met her one time, so I, I don't know. Did uh, you like her? Janet met her, brought her to Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, well, we, we said, you know, hello, how are you? Nice to meet you, and that's that was the, the whole conversation. Well, how tall are you? Are you short or tall? Uh, I, was, I, was, uh, I wasn't six foot. I was 5'11". Wow, course, me too. Now I'm, now I'm, uh, now I'm uh, going in the other direction, so. Yeah, me too. I'm shrinking. Did you know Boyd Bushman, the old man, Boyd Bushman, or not? No, I didn't. Okay. I can't remember if I met him or not, but it seemed like he did Area 51. Was he – do you know any – I shouldn't bring up all these people, but he was born in 36. But, folks, these are some of the people that are in the UFO business that were in our UFO association. But he died in Tucson, Arizona in 2014, but I'm pretty sure that he and I talked somewhere. But I don't remember where, but yeah. I think it was over Gray's, and he was born in 36 in Globe, Arizona, but he died in Tucson. But uh, anyway, but he was talking to me. It seemed like there were several people. We had different groups, five or six hush-hush teams here and there, but he uh, seemed like he was working during the time with several other people uh, about the little Gray's. He was real intrigued with them. But uh, you don't remember him, Boyd Bushman? I might have heard the name. I, I don't. Okay. I don't think so. Lockheed. He was Lockheed Martin. So yeah, yeah. The, the name sounds familiar, but there's a uh, there's another Bush, and that's throwing oh. me off. There's a. Oh, okay. There was a um, during the Korean War. There was um, a Bush in. Uh, uh, Air Force intelligence that was collecting uh, radar cases from all over Korea. Well, some people said he was uh, debunked, but, you know, what humans did like us working in the military facilities, but then we have memories of where we are, but whether he had a toy alien or not, we don't know, but he showed a picture, but he did have a toy picture, but, you know, that doesn't matter now, but uh, anyway, what he worked on, people try to show what they can't show, they get replicas. So I don't blame him for that, but they said he was Area 51, and because he used – so you got to be careful, even you and me writing this book and talking, because people are quick to believe if you give them – you can say a thousand truths and then one bad thing, and they remember the bad thing, and they say, oh, you've been debunked. You're no more good, right? So that's sort of right, right. Boyd yeah, Bushman's well, story. It, you know. But he had a lot of intelligence. You know what I mean. And you learn as an intelligence officer, you and me, you and S2, but, and my husband and me, but we would have to go 
get the facts and debunk stuff. But you said you worked in uh, nuclear, but you understand how all of that worked. Now, nuclear was one of the higher clearances back in that time, but you either were cleared or you weren't. Like you said, satisfactory or not satisfactory. But uh, one of the guys I work with, a mad painter, which you've been online with the first time you and uh, your partner, um, Greenwood, came on, Barry, he uh, was had nuclear clearance working on ships. You know, a lot of my people in the Navy worked around that. So I had to be cleared because I would go on ships and see things and have have to give them clearances and stuff in the Navy, right, and work with them. So you know how that is because you gave them clearances too, right, your right, boys? Right. So yeah, we both have- you know, sometimes it's really unusual because um, we had, we, you know, we had to, all kinds of different, uh, uh, calm, uh, calm, calm stuff, communication right. stuff. Yeah, for nuclear, calm you stuff. have stuff that's 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 just for nuclear stuff. Nuclear only. Yeah. Yeah. But this was way before so, uh, we got involved with so big computers. We were wh- still what uh, what they would do, you know like what they would do is say uh, they call us up and say okay you know it sounds it sounds like uh, cloak and dagger says. Go to the back of third division headquarters and wait there. And so we're over there. There's about uh, five or six guys from other battalions there that are, uh, you know, my, you know, my my peers and everything. Right. Here comes this. Here comes this German laundry vehicle. Um. And. Uh, uh, this guy, he's got a beard. He's he's a he looks like a hippie. He's got a you can see he's got a uh, a pipe on him in his pocket. It's showing, and uh, he's driving a truck and uh, <clears throat> coming on base, right? Yeah, and I, I'm saying, how did this guy get on base? And uh, he opens up and there's all kinds of laundry there. You can't see into the truck because it's all at, at as you open the door. There's all kinds of laundry. They push the laundry aside and here's this here's this um, young gal and she's she's barefoot. She's barefoot. And she's got her feet are dirty, and this other guy that looks like another hippie in in uh, in a laundry vehicle, <laughs> and they've got our stuff all parceled out and we just go in there and sign it and i said uh, do you you guys get in any trouble with this thing he says no he says uh we just blend in we blend in and you know nobody uh nobody bothers they don't know what we're doing they just think we're, we're a laundry truck <laughs> right yeah exactly and we did a lot of that learn how to you know disguise be many different people and uh, that's all part of my training is how to be different people. I still do different color hairs, but I never liked wigs so much, you know, but you do what you got to do to blend in, like you said. And that was fun. You know, the, we thought it was fun. We were grew up on 60s Goldfinger. You know, that's how I got recruited was watching, you know, during the NASA times and CIA, I guess, uh, with the men in black and X-Files and, you know, all those it's cloak and dagger, spook, gumshoe, and then reading books. And but it was, 
It was yeah, a this time gal, when we needed uh, young people. You know, people. Uh, not only was she in the comms, she was she was a uh, um, she was a uh, uh, an investigator too. So yeah, uh, that's what I was. Yeah, so um, I was called a legal we're, we're investigator. Out, we're out in the field, and I hadn't got my uh, my final top secret yet. I was they were still working on it. And uh, I hadn't had my uh, investigation yet, and uh, uh, you didn't have your. Yeah, you had to have your national agency check to be. Hey, on. I had. A, yeah, I had. I had a secret clearance. I didn't have a top secret clearance. Oh, okay, TS. Yeah, so. Uh, our so I'm. I'm out. Uh, we're out on a field problem, and here comes this gal that was uh, barefoot and looked like a hippie before, and. Uh, there she is. She's got all her gear on and her uh, rifle and everything. And she said, "I'm here to give you uh, to uh, go through your invest- uh, investigation with you." She comes out to the field. We were in the field. She says, uh, "She says we got to go someplace where we can talk." And <laughs> that's you know, uh, uh, she was uh, she was kind of a uh, really. Interesting person. Uh, uh, so, when did they uh, do the Defense of National Intelligence Agency? When was that in SCI, the control system? Do you remember? Uh, well, SCI is—it's a CIA thing. CIA controls all that stuff. Well, they, I remember uh, the, the the PRP, which is what I was in. There's there's other nuclear systems besides the one I was in. I was in the PRP. I think but, I was in HUMET, is a human source intelligence control system. I was in the personnel reliability program. Well, they told me just to say Office of Personnel Management, our uh, secret. Let's see, what did they tell me when I was traveling? Uh, to say I was with the State Department. If I said, because I asked some women, you know, that were testing me in Chicago in the CIA, they were next to the FBI agent, but we changed all that after I went through. I was part of those changing everything groups, you know, as undercover agents, or they didn't know who I was. I was talent, you know, <laughs> but um, they, I was trained for years, and they knew for 20 years of watching me grow up from high school because I was recruited in high school. They could trust me, and I was dumb as a rock, but I had morals and all that, you know, so they gave me a – but I was a reservist too later on. But they trained me, but the black ops people, SCI cover sheets, those came out in 67. Uh, I, I came I, in in 67. See, I, I never got – my stuff was straightforward. My stuff was straightforward. Yeah, we might have had, we might have had uh, um, ways of, uh, you know, uh, clandestine ways of getting communications items and things like that. But generally, my stuff was pretty well straightforward. Did you see TS forward slash SCI uh, specific psi material at all? I you did not. I did not have uh, a reason Those. to have SCI. I what I yeah, what I did I is I interviewed I interviewed people that were going to get SCI. I was I was authorized to interview them. They needed okay. a special interview. 
Right. So I did a I did this special interview to for to get the but as far as myself, um, I think it was, it was interesting when a battalion commander came in, and he says, uh, "Oh, I've been told I got to go over and have a SCI briefing." Oh, okay. And so he's he's going to get his because uh, uh, he's he's he had been in Europe before. He had been in the same battalion before. And uh, he says, I'm going over to get my SCI. He said, you want to come with me? I said, I can't. He said, really? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not authorized in there. Besides, they're going you to have like, my what? name. It's going to be when you go over there, sir, it's going to be my name. So he, can, he comes back and he says, he says, Aldrich, I can't tell you what happened over there, but it sure scares the hell out of me. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. What were he they said, doing? Well, I I knew this by this time. After being there for three or four years, I knew this by this time. Whatever well, you remember they, whatever they told us our mission was, it was something else. I knew well, that. Do you, rem- do you remember Aldrich? We, we trained. We trained. We trained with twelve Panzer all the time. We had we had every time we went to the field, we went to twelve Panzer, except. Every once in a while, about every two years or three years or so, we went and trained with uh, <clears throat> a German, another German group. And, you know, 12 Panzers really, you know, uh, most of the guys that were in the 12th Panzer were from around the area that we went, you know, they're all, they're all homeboys and, uh, they're always putting on, uh, you know, like they have band concerts for the locals and stuff like that. And uh, like we go up there to to uh, to our positions, and the Germans that have big piles of of sandwiches. Of course, the first time this happened to me, I thought they had rocks. It looked like they had a whole bunch of white rocks standing. I mean, you know, almost five foot high you know, like a big pyramid of white rocks. And as we're riding by, they're pelting us with them. And I'm thinking, oh, God, there's rocks. And then when we went by, they're throwing stuff. What they're doing is they're throwing sandwiches on a truck. (laughs) (laughs) And in the middle of winter, you appreciate that. Tom caught some investigations at the back of – in Germany, trucks coming and going, and he caught some that were, uh, you know, some of the just simple investigations he did. But there was a lot of theft going on, even in our, in our, you know, in Germany, in people coming and going off. Uh, well, they found get, this. They, they found this truck close to our headquarters, the higher the the core headquarters, and it had caught on fire. It was just the, uh, you know, it wasn't the... the. Uh, was that the one taking stakes out of the back of the... Do you remember no, what no, it was No, 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 no. It's nothing to do with something like that. This is... Oh. You know, this is uh, this is like a, a, a elet. This truck is full of elet equipment. They're... Uh, it was... It was... They had these... You could go all over Europe... See, what you did is you sealed the truck from 
even if it was a, from a communist country, you seal the truck, and then you can go anywhere in Europe, and when you get to your destination, they cut the seal and inspect it. Yeah, that's what I did for eight or nine years around the so USA. This was, this was a Czechoslovakian truck, um, and they had just left it. The uh, you know the the the, um, the truck part. You know they had just left it there, and the the, the other part was uh, just there in a in a park plots. And it caught on fire, and when a German fireman came and put out the fire, they called us and said, hey, uh, this is full of uh, eavesdropping equipment. <laughs> and so they they had all the, the all the uh, people go out there, and, and they were uh, trying to capture each keystroke that we did on a computer or something. Yeah, I mean, it was, was really time. Uh, It was really something. So that that's the, you know. I knew all about that stuff back then. Me and my husband both did, but right. that was yeah, important that was back a, then. We put it in buildings. Yeah, they put it in our uh, one of the jokes, and it wasn't a joke. It was real because I worked with some of the Marines and stuff. Even in Hawaii, they were still talking about uh, how the Russians and the embassy, before we even got them built, they had them in the bricks. I had to go learn about all that and how they'd put it even in the ceramics. We found yeah, yeah. wires and ceramics. I couldn't believe all the stuff I got to know. I've forgotten more than I'll ever know. But, you know, it comes and goes so fast on investigations. Yeah, they, yeah, they had it. Um... You just do so much you don't even care, you know. But that yeah, was yeah, the well, thing. Uh, we're, when I was over there, the Bader meinhof gang was still active. Yeah, that was the uh, train station group, right? Yeah, they you know they they, they killed uh, uh, some guys. Bonhoff. Bonhoff was train station, but yeah, that was a big group. You were Meinhof, uh, so they uh, they um, they tried to plant bombs around. You know, they they were yeah they were anti uh, American uh, American, <laughs> and of course they were you know they they were against the the German government too. So yeah. Um, uh, when we first got over there, they were they were still kind of active, but they uh, until uh, we went into uh, Iraq, uh, they they you know they started becoming quiet. They were getting older, and they weren't as you know good as they. Tom had. worked in Iraq for uh, uh, yeah, but when the General Iraqi Saint. war started, they they started up again. Were you they in started the, up uh, again, did you but they, they, caught, they caught a lot of them. You know, you were, You talked about that Panzer Division. Tom had to work with all of them, too, but General Saint was Army. Do you remember General Saint? Do you remember uh, Crosby Saint? Do you remember, uh, uh, oh, what was that famous? Schwarzkopf. Schwarzenegger? No, I, I didn't Schwarzkopf. work with Schwarzkopf. Schwarzkopf, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then Colin Powell. Yeah. Well, Tom worked with uh, well, direct my uh, my, my battalion commander was uh, um, he uh, Sorry, he had worked he had done anything. he had done a special uh, mission for Colin Powell. So Colin Powell would send him material to look at, and then he he'd come to the uh, S two and he. Uh, uh, he ha- he had to uh, destroy it himself. 
Yeah. So we we I, get we went in there and watched him. He said you can't read any of this stuff. Of course, so you can't avoid with, reading it half the time. But he said you can't read any. He says, but I have to sit, uh, uh, put it through the shredder here, and you guys got a sign that. Uh, so so Barentine and I used we used to sign off that he destroyed it. Yeah. Well, Tom did that, and uh, y'all were over there at the same time. He was there 80 to 93 in Germany, in Stuttgart, all of them over there. And he worked with that Panzer Division like you did. And I guess he was in the 7th or 8th Division, I forget. But he was in the Tank Division, but that was his – he trained in that and drove – He I actually – he had he got a trophy thing or a plaque they gave him for drawing. He was a good artist, so he – made uh when it was classified he would draw it out the different tanks but when they had some of the tanks he went over there and got some they just left the russians and they drove them back over but he got to work behind the line with colin powell colin powell didn't believe we were behind the lines over in kuwait and he didn't believe saddam hussein uh that tom his group were trained and they went over the uh wall and got the bust of Saddam Hussein and uh, my husband did. He he. They dressed up in those dresses, whatever they're called, and you know used uh, coconut oil and stuff. But he went over and got the bust, and it had a jewel in the bottom of it, a big oh. ruby type thing. And Tom gave it to Colin Powell, but Tom said by the time uh, uh, they got it back, they think Colin Powell took it because somehow it got back to Tom that the jewel was missing. So I don't know if Colin Powell personally got it. You know, what are those called? Spoils? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know anything about that. You don't? I, I, well, wasn't, that was in, I, was, I wasn't over there. I wasn't <laughs> either. I just know the story. Right. <laughs> but going over there, so, so but you, but Saddam Hussein was in, in, in uh, he was alive when you were there, right? Right, right. Yeah, we had there. to, we, we had to plan, uh, 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 we got word that they were going to try uh, terrorist acts in Germany, and we had to we had to figure out how to protect the compound. Oh, how to okay. uh, protect the. Uh, Which one were you on? Sir. Oh, don't. Uh, oh. <laughs> I can't. You know what? I can't what? remember. Is uh, I was uh, in uh, Augsburg, and before that, I was in Wertheim. And I can't tell you which 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 concerns they were. Well, you remember riding the going to the Bonhoeff, going to the train station, right, and driving. Right. So, did you get to see Stuttgart? You went to city. Yeah, I went to I went to Stuttgart. I was in so, Stuttgart. Okay, and then uh, do you remember Cooperstrasse, Germany? No. No. All right, Baumholder. Germany. Uh, there's a lot of but- bomb holder. Yeah, I was at bomb holder once. You know, we- what about Grafenvir? Oh yeah, all the time. Okay, so those yeah, are we some went. Of the we went about every three months to Grafenvir. What do you know? Yeah, Tom did too. But yeah. didn't you work artillery division? Yeah, artillery. My husband battalion, did too. Yeah. So I think y'all were in the same battalion, and he was in and out of S two. From yeah, eighty so. to ninety three, but so you don't remember what year you were in S two? Was was yeah, there? Yeah, I was there from eighty four till uh, um, uh, 
92, and then I went to Italy after that. Okay, well, you were crossing paths. You might not have known, Tom. You know how you can be in the same yeah. uh, base and all that. Did, yeah, but I did. I, I don't, uh, yeah, if he, was in, if he was in another division, I don't think I ever ran into Do him. you remember a woman attorney working in an S2? A no, woman, I didn't. A lieutenant? Okay. Well, he did. I just happened. I was just wondering because I could have put, put y'all in the same location, but okay. Oh, well. Well, no, we, the, uh, the thing we, is we were... We we were under 7th Corps, and when 7th Corps went to Iraq, we were, we came under 5th Corps. And and they did things a lot different than we did things. Um, yeah. Operation Desert Storm. That's what I was in, and you were in. We can wear that, but I... I don't. We were. I can't. You know, I don't I, even I, think I yeah, got I paperwork for it. I didn't. So huh? they, yeah. Uh, I mean, we got the little ribbon. So when, uh, yeah, yeah. One one other thing about Sergeant Barentine. The uh, uh, this is years later after the, after that inspection. This is like, oh, I want to say it was. Was it during Operation Desert Storm? No, no, this is, this is afterwards. This is okay. This is a Sergeant Barentine story again. Uh, okay. So uh, this is this is years afterwards, just before he's going to rotate. Uh, I think he extended over there, so he was there. Yeah, he was like me. He extended over there. So. Um, yeah, but that was hard to do. You got to extend more than thirteen. You, you could extend what twenty four months. I extended for another tour. But didn't you have to come back to Fort Hood or somewhere? No, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. How I didn't. did you get to do that? Because you got because it, when when Reagan put all the soldiers over there, he let people extend if they wanted to because they needed them in Europe. <clears throat> so. So you got to extend. I yeah. Was, so uh, we. Uh, uh, here comes the. Uh, Defense Nuclear Agency again. People uh, and they they sent a letter and they said specifically that they wanted uh, they wanted to review nuclear publications that had been out for a while to see which ones could be improved or uh, uh, deleted. And uh, they asked for Sergeant Barentine. And so I said, yeah, well, that makes sense to me. I mean, he, if if there's anybody that knows about it, especially in the field, it's him. So they made. So uh, he's getting ready to go. Uh, they had a they had a meeting over at our higher headquarters, and he was supposed to go to this meeting. They were all going to sit around the table and discuss this stuff. And. Uh, um, uh, the XO said. Uh, are you ready to go? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, they asked for you and Barentine by name. And I said, wow. <laughs> so I said, I said, I shouldn't be there. He said, it will be a waste of time. They said, I don't know. I don't know half of what Sergeant Barentine knows. And uh, I, I, cu- I couldn't help. He says, stop. I told you to go. You're going. They asked for you. You will go. So I went over there. And so, um, 
everything that Berentine said, they just listened to. Everybody's quiet. <laughs> Nobody's, everything he said, as, as they're going through reviewing the publications, they 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 listened respectfully to everything he said. <laughs> so uh, he, he hits me in the ribs and says, you got to say something the next time. Is, I, uh, I don't know anything, so you know I don't know. There was some something about automatic weapons or something like that. You well, did you have to go through Albuquerque because that was the no? I didn't. I never went to any place like that. So, Darn! Uh, how did you? How did you? I don't get it. Oh, oh, you just got a clearance. You were intelligence, but you didn't have to be trained. <laughs> well, I did get training over there. I took every intelligence course they had. Plus, I took every correspondence course they had. But on base, right? Through through uh, partnerships and the colleges on No, courses. no. I, uh, they had uh, Intelligence 1 in Europe and Intelligence 2, Intelligence 3. I took all those courses. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, <coughs> <coughs> And then I took a whole bunch of stuff from uh, correspondence from field artillery, uh, uh, military intelligence courses. I took uh, I took some naval intelligence courses. Did you have to do uh, advanced radiological and nuclear response or explosive ordnance? Yeah, I got into that too. I didn't get into explosive ordnance. No way. No, I didn't get into <laughs> well, that. Well, Tom from Kentucky, they used to use that coal mine and blowing out the mountain and rocks, right? So, right. Tom, uh, I've seen my husband with, uh, what is it, C4 and dynamite. They light cigarettes and shit. They were just weird in Kentucky, but they still do. They still have coal mines and still blow stuff up over there. Oh, yeah, we you had know? to blow stuff up all, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and so then we got, disposal. yeah, we, uh, in fact, uh, Hey, we got this stuff. Uh, we got too much of it. We have to get rid of it on this next time we go to Graffenbeer. You got to you got to put this out at the ED range and blow it up. Wow. So, yeah, we did that kind of stuff. It's fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So so I went there with Barentine, you know, and they uh, <clears throat> so people listened to what I said, but I didn't really know as much as he did. But. Uh, uh, after that, he was he was due to rotate out, you know. So I took him down to the uh, airport so he could leave. And uh, he, you know, we shook hands, and uh, he said, he says, uh, "Well, Sergeant Aldrich, I'm I'm glad to have worked with you, and I've learned a lot." And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's learned a lot for me. I said, I said, it's not. One tenth of what I've learned from you. <laughs> so that was. Uh, uh, it doesn't have much to do with UFOs, but it, it definitely uh, the you know uh, the military was dead serious about this stuff. Everybody said I was always a sour face over there. Well. You, You've got to be when you're uh, dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, uh, 
watch uh, cross every uh, T and dot every I. Oh yeah, it was our it was our our job, and we took the reason we took pride in it is you you have to, and I understand what you're saying because you, you can. You know, I was—I love everybody. I'm very friendly, but when you're in uniform and stuff, you can come across harsh. But you yeah. know, in intelligence and clearance levels, you back in the day we didn't have computers. Nowadays, kids can blow people up from computers. You know, yeah. with you know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous what they can do. They have so much power and uh, sitting in this country blowing up people in other countries and stuff. It's ridiculous. We didn't have that kind of power, you know. Nowadays, kids grow up playing video games, and they don't know the difference in humans here or humans in another country. They just, you know, touch a button and blow them up. But, you know, it's gotten a little carried away, but I guess we shouldn't go there because then we start getting into morals. (laughs) What we could do and what they can do are totally different now with the computers and, and, well… You know, what what do they call those that fly without humans in them? Drones? UFOs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, too. It's well, terrible. I worked, on, I worked on Aquila when I was out at Fort Sill, which was a uh, one of the first drones. It never got into the, um, into the inventory, but it was... Uh, it was supposed to do everything. It was supposed to fly over enemy territory and reconnaissance. It was supposed to d- drop chemical weapons, and uh, um, it was supposed to drop explosives, and it could do all kinds of things. And um, actually, it was just too much. It was too much, and they uh, they dropped it out of the inventory for for a while. So we didn't have drones for a while. Well, but the, uh, you know, Quilla got, was it was it, they they had so many missions for that thing it was uh, uh, unbelievable. But did you get to get up close to it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, at at Fort Hill, I was in, in um, I was in the field artillery school, so my uh, I was in charge of uh, the NCOs for. Uh, Meteorolo- meteorology and uh, sound. Sound. So you know that was, the word is that was for my uh, that was my thing. And the uh, the other guy they had to, they had um, a building for this drone that they were that was coming in. It was called Aquila, and Dang. it was there. They they would fly it out of there all the time. Now, what year was that? In the eighties. Fort Sill. Yeah, that I'm, was in the eighties. That's about, uh, I think, eighty-two or so, eighty-three. Yeah, just man. before I went to Germany. Fort Sill basic training. Did you do basic training there? No, I did. I did my basic training at uh, um, uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia. Oh, I went to Fort Sill in Oklahoma a lot, but. Uh, uh, it, to me, it looked older, but it was when there was ordnance, well, yes, and they had to well, pull was, them up, like you said. It, too. It, it was there from the, you know, from the Indian Wars. That's where all the Indians came to surrender and everything. Oh, okay. I didn't know the history. The, uh, just, the uh, cemetery is full of uh, Indian chiefs and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, Geronimo well, a lot was of history there. there. Geronimo was there, and 
I guess during the Spanish-American War, they sent some of the garrison to go to the uh, to the front, and people suddenly realized, "Hey, Geronimo's here, and we've sent we've sent a good portion of our soldiers away," and they uh, they sent a message to these guys that are you know getting ready to go to the Spanish-American War. Say so you have to return immediately. Because they were afraid Geronimo would would um, you know pull something. Yeah. So he was uh, you know even even when he was older they had they had fear of him. That he was uh, he, you know he still had the uh, the loyalty of his <coughs> his uh, followers and he I, I don't think he was he he didn't have anything. They were just—they were just being over, overly cautious. He didn't have anything planned. By that time, he had uh, stopped, uh, um, you know, trying to uh, thinking about escape and things like that. They took him to yeah. a lot of—they uh, took Geronimo to a lot of uh, these Wild West shows. They would take him in chains, though. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So is that so, documented in your history, or is that a yeah, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Fort Hill, you can read all that stuff about Fort Hill. Okay. So the uh, Toby. the uh, uh, I think the last the last Indian scout was named uh, ICO, and. Um, <clears throat> He didn't want to live in any kind of barracks or anything, so he lived out there in the uh, in his own uh, uh, wigwam or teepee out there. And uh, uh, when he died, they named uh, ICO Hall after him, and that's where I worked. Um, yeah, he was a, he was a, the last Indian scout uh, that was on Fort Sill. Wow. Well, we're doing and like pretty I say, good. a lot of the uh a lot of the the uh the That's folk real life. famous <laughs> chief. I think Red Cloud was buried at Fort Sill, and then they they came and got him and took him back. They took uh, several of the uh important ones and uh exhumed the bodies and took them back to the uh back to their uh their homes. Wow. Yeah. Well, is it true you think that the uh, Bones and Skull group uh, has the uh, Skull of Geronimo? Uh, or do you know? I, 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 I wouldn't think so, but they might. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Skull I, and I, Bones? I yeah, I heard about that, but I don't, I'm not sure about it. Yeah, I think that grandson or something was trying to get it back or something. But, yeah, that's, that's difficult that. when I, you get I, into I do the... I do know about jumping out of airplane jail in Geronimo. Yeah, what was the, that? About? Uh, the guys at the the guys at the airborne school um, had just that night. They had, the night before their uh, uh, one of their jumps had seen uh, had seen a movie about Geronimo. And so when they jumped out of the plane, they they all yelled Geronimo, and that's how, that's supposedly how they uh, jumping out of the aircraft. You yelled Geronimo. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a good story. <laughs> well, I still don't really get it, but uh, why are you saying that Geronimo – I mean, I, I know I did it when I was a kid <laughs> for some reason. I guess around Air Everybody Force, used to do that. I mean, we'd jump off of things and we'd yell Geronimo. I, I think it's because of that movie. Oh, you think it was due to a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's World what the—that's what some of the air, airborne guys said about World War II. They—they they started that. So, <laughs> Geronimo Fort Pickens. Uh, Geronimo held captive at Fort Pickens, and it says the real story: Geronimo's captivity in Pensacola. Yeah, he was. They put him all over. Uh, you know, it's like I said. They put him in chains and took him to some of these Wild West shows. Yeah, it says October twenty fifth, eighteen eighty six. A train pulled into the bustling maritime city of Pensacola. On board were uh, sixteen Apache warriors. But like many here today, they were men not here by choice. They had been hunted down, captured, and dragged there to the U.S. government to the nation's battle hardened military fort. Fortresses, Fort Pickens, and locked behind bars. Then, how did this get in Pensacola? He says Geronimo's captivity in Pensacola. But that freaks me out. I didn't know we were going to do this. And so we're getting to uh, Indian culture. Uh, it says uh, over the past, Hollywood and television portrayed Native Americans as savages, stereotypes. But uh, the entire people didn't begin in Hollywood or on TV. It had its roots in reality. So what we're doing is trying to be real and put our stuff roots in reality. But uh, this looks like uh, something really happened. And uh, I'll just say this picture. Wow. You know, I don't know if we can put everything we discuss anytime in the future about everything we're doing with folk life. But uh, I don't know how this fits into UFO business, but it's here, folks, because we said it on <laughs> the UFO show. But that's pretty interesting. You brought me all the way over to Geronimo in Pensacola just down the street <laughs> with Geronimo. Isn't that weird how stories take on a life all their own? Right, right. I'm well, just shocked. So the the second division is is, is it, it's in Korea and it's called the Indian Head Division, and like uh, uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the compounds. I mean, they named a lot of the compounds after the Indians. So Camp Red Cloud is is uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, one of the bases over there. So that's uh, they uh, and. They have some of uh, Custer's uh, old units. The Seventh Cavalry is over there with the uh, with the Second uh, Division. So, well, it says today cybersecurity requirements likely for defense contracts by June twentieth. I wonder. I don't guess we'll get one as historians, <laughs> as retired. <laughs> people, cyber reservists, Navy, Army, Air Force, Marines. But I'm really curious as to how Geronimo wound up over here. In, uh, but it's like you said, they took him around, right? The Apache right, yeah, story. they took him around and displayed him. 
So that uh, must be how he wound up over here. I lost yeah, the story. Yeah, you know, and they warned him, uh, don't try anything. We're, you know, we're watching you, and we'll shoot you, shoot you down just as soon as look at you. Apparently, uh, he, there's he, a, a, a uh, what do they call those? Is it uh, is it a newspaper? Uh, the Pulse, Pensacola. Uh, it must be a newspaper, huh? The, but anyway. Was, yeah. That must be where it is. I can't find it now, but they have a picture of the Apache story and the railroad, so somebody's put it up. But I'll have to accommodate uh, this because I live here. I, but thank you because I don't have any local roots, and uh, the legacy of Geronimo and the Apaches with Pensacola uh, will give me some roots in the military for historical uh, purposes with the UFO Association. So I imagine you and I could do a whole show on locations, you know, like bringing Geronimo to Pensacola from – Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. I don't know how that – that's amazing. It says the modern white Southerners are very accepting of diverse and Native Americans. Many local Floridians revere their survival story of the Seminoles who did not surrender. And then a group of Apaches who held at the Sierra Madres – Cochise's family. Plus, when Geronimo's group was being rounded up, some of them did not show up to relocate to Florida. Uh, but masses, let's see, one warrior, Masai, escaped from the train in St. Louis. So some Apaches didn't make to escape, albeit a small group. They were called the nameless ones because they did not register on the reservation. Now, I heard about that because some of my relatives were nameless ones in my Indians. Uh, whatever, but uh, I still can't find the the story on Geronimo. Darn it! Uh, but anyway, we're on the UFO story right now. Uh, but somehow, between uh, African American Geronimo was Af- uh, American Indian, right? And he was uh, which one was he? Apache, right? Right. Okay, but and then uh, we were just talking about he was he, was, he was one band of Apache. Uh, it's like. Uh... What is it, Cochise? Uh, he was he had uh, made his peace with the uh, with the army earlier. Geronimo was after he didn't he didn't want to make peace. It's uh, it's just like the Seminoles. The Seminoles, uh, I think they Never have made up. peace with the with the government, but I think there's a there's a a band of Seminoles in uh, Oklahoma that have not. They're still consider themselves at war with the uh, Americans. I don't understand, but Seminole was some of our family and uh, the nameless ones, I guess you'd say. But my, I remember an uncle that looked like uh, Geronimo, but he lived in Monroe, Louisiana with uh, the little house where <coughs> next to my grandmother Thurman on uh, White's Ferry Road. It became North 7th. But he looked just like an Indian, and he drank like one too. <laughs> hey, little guy, he dressed like an Indian, and <laughs> but he was my grandmother's brother. But we weren't allowed to talk about it. Again, like I said, nameless ones. But something to do with the Leatherwoods, which sounds funny. Out of um, my Thurman, the Thurmans married into the uh, what was it? My grandmother, what was she? Sarah Elizabeth. 
I don't know. I've lost all Heath, H-E-A-T-H. But uh, my father sweared they they thought they were Indian all that time, and he swears they weren't. They were European, so he was shocked. But who knows? Because so many of those nameless ones are. It says capitalized Geronimo's fame. All of the Apaches were intended to be held captive at Fort Marion, Florida, in hoping to capitalize on Geronimo's fame. Several prominent Pensacola citizens lobbied the local congressman to have Geronimo's group sent to Fort Pickens. The petition stated Fort Marion was too crowded and that army troops from Fort Barrancas could guard Geronimo's band at Fort Pickens. So how about that? The editor of the local newspaper at the time was Pensacolian, noted Geronimo would be an attraction which would bring in great many visitors. God, and started uh, Geronimo's rival that we welcome the nation's distinguished guest and promise to keep them so safely under lock and key that they will forget their hair-raising proclivities and become good Indians. President Cleveland approved the petition for the Apache men, only separating them from their families and breaking another promise. In early February 1887, tourists from all across the country began arriving in Pensacola by train and crossed Pensacola Bay on a ferry to visit the fort and see the prisoners. Admission to see the imprisoned Apache warriors was 50 cents for adults and 25 for children. Gosh, and on the record Sunday, 459 tourists visited Fort Geronimo's imprisonment has been reduced to a slideshow, a sideshow spectacle. So I guess they did bring him here for sure to yeah. Fort Pickens. My daughter pays annually to get on Fort Pickens and goes fishing. Stephanie, how about that. So there's uh, how did they get into our UFO history though? Was that but I guess it doesn't matter. It's all history. Well, you want to hear you want to hear what the uh, the uh, Indians told us at uh, Fort Sill. What uh, they said that uh, there won't won't be any hurricanes at Fort or uh, excuse me tornadoes at Fort Sill. And I said, you know, we were asking them why, and they said, well, we've put a spell. And the, the tornadoes will not go to Fort Sill. He said, they might come to Lawton, but they don't come to Fort Sill. And while I was there, they never came to Fort Sill. They did go through Lawton a couple of times, but not Fort Sill. Because Geronimo was buried there? So we no, don't no. They, said they, they, they just, the, the locals said that they put a put a, uh, a spell on the, so that uh, uh, Fort Sill was protected. Well, uh, they that's said a, that's, a, that's just an interesting uh, uh, paranormal story for you. Well, they've got uh, his wife, uh, Geronimo's wife, in two places, like Abraham Lincoln's story. They've got her buried at Barrancas National Cemetery at NAS Pensacola. And then somebody else says that uh, Fort Pickens, by the way, him and his band was never unlocked and key. They allowed them to sleep and roam around the fort. That none of other, none of them could swim. Wow! So the Indians couldn't swim. Yeah, I, sixteen yeah. Apache warriors were imprisoned at Fort Pickens, but two guides talked to them coming in were imprisoned. These people remember this stuff. 
And contrary to the uh, one confirmed that George Ratton, translator, could swim. And the guys studied under Geronimo and told Ratton that Geronimo made them swim across the river in the mountains of Mexico. So they were, yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah. yeah. That, that story a, doesn't, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, I hear you. Well, that's also, I mean, we, we want to know historical truths and also the culture, but I don't know, folks. Uh, it's almost time for us to uh, get off here. We got seven minutes, but I guess you'll just have to go with us. Jan and I never know what we're talking about. It'll take us wherever, but I found that interesting. I've always thought uh, American and American Indian and our military lore all goes with the UFO Association, I guess. If it hasn't in the past, this particular chapter, episode nine will. <laughs> Yeah. So that's, so, I guess, how Ace Folklife gets involved in Alien Contact Organization, ACO. And if you believe in Ascension, the Indians believed – what did the Indians believe about UFOs or spirits, sky people? Do you know? I think Is one it, of them, the creation, wasn't – I don't know. Oh, I, I, I'm terrible on this. Uh, I just know uh, She came down calls. in a, uh, a sky basket. One of the, one the, of the creation basket. stories. She came well, down in the sky basket. Uh, make a note on your book, chapter nine. Yeah, I'll try to. Date. I'll try to find out something about it. It's uh, yeah. Bring in the. I, I think it's. And... I think it's one of the eastern tribes that that had this uh, um, story about uh, um, one of the. Uh, one of the, the Indian women, women uh, one of the young women people. came down in a sky basket and then she she was like the mother one of the uh founders of the the tribe and everything do you know what uh, was it uh any particular division of uh cultural american indian tribes <laughs> well it's interesting that the uh sign language was almost universal Everybody, Is that why we they, used why it they couldn't, they couldn't maybe understand each other's um, languages, but everybody almost understood sign language. Well, that's how we start everybody in the world when we come from space and come down to the planet and they're biocar they're not carbon-based. What are they? No, they are carbon-based units when they're not uh, <coughs> silicone-based, right, or mixture, because we're just now in the 20th century. Is this 21st century? This is 20, are we in the 20th century? We're in the 21st century, right? Is that right. what you and I are in now? So yeah. in the 21st century, they had a silicone biocarbon based, and uh, the Indians, they used, uh, like the Egyptians, uh, 10 fingers and 10 toes. But they used – are you familiar with how they learned numbers and signs and symbols, how they used that, how they were taught that? By the sky people, <clears throat> or no, five hundred thousand years ago. Are are you? Maybe I shouldn't talk like that to you. <laughs> You're all hard copy, right? Your cybersecurity requirements. I, I I am not sure about. Uh, yeah, I I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, that you don't do that. Kind I think of there's several history. Indian uh, Indian stories about uh, you know people in the uh, in the sky coming down. <clears throat> 
Yeah, exo intermarrying exo and things like that. But uh, didn't didn't they? I, uh, I have to. Some of I, I'd, have to I'd have to look that up. I, I'm sorry. I just don't. I don't have the That's knowledge okay. there. That's okay. Yeah. Now, are you familiar with exoskeleton in the 20th century? <clears throat> Our 21st century. I've forgotten. Uh, no, I'm not. You're not familiar with exo in the I mean, Indians. Uh, what about exo? Uh, are, are, did you study anything in uh, Zeno? I think I'm. I think uh, we better wait till another time when we do anthropology or something, or archaeology, or ancient wisdom, or something. Right. <clears throat> or maybe future. Do you do any future intelligence? Do you work uh, in AI at all? Are you Are you up on uh, UFO AI or? Uh, only no, the history no, no, of getting I, it from no, 47. No, no, I'm not. I, I am okay. interested in. Uh, well, I'm interested in. Uh, you know, I like the way the Canadians uh, talk about these people. They call them First Nations. I think that's a real respectful thing to do. Okay, what do you, you want to do a next next time on First Nation? What is that? Is, you mean American Indians or yeah, or Canadian or whatever? But the Canadians, that's what they call them, First Nations. Oh, what about alien contact organizations in every uh, culture? What about the Indian Nine? Do you do anything on the Nine? Or uh, what about the no, no, yeah, I, I, no federations? I'm just, do you I'm, do just a, I'm just, I'm just sort of interested in archaeology and uh, uh, anthropology and. Uh, yeah, we had an archaeologist and anthropologist on most of our teams in the uh, 20th century. <clears throat> Did you work with uh, any of those in teams over in Germany during World War II? No, no, I didn't. Work, well, I wasn't around in World War II, but um, in, you know uh, history. in uh, what is it, Trier? I I took a course in Trier. I took a, a college course by. Uh, Explain uh, that, Trier. Trier is uh, uh, a uh, famous city in uh, in Germany. was uh, was run uh, by a bishop, as a matter of fact, and he did a lot of things that were, or the bishops did things that were more like uh, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, lords and. Stuff. They were they were not uh, they were not very ecclesiastical. Let's put it that way. What but, is uh, they were, they, 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 uh, That's where um, Constantine, a Roman emperor, he had one of his capitals there at Trier. Oh yeah, that's uh, Constantine was a human, a biological that actually brought the uh, Christian nation to be known due to extraterrestrial. Didn't he have a uh, a war over there where he saw the extraterrestrials? Was that Constantine know, or not? I, I, I don't remember. I, so what what I was going to say about the uh, archaeologists, they just found another bath there. So they've A got bath. the imperial bath, and they've got this other bath there that they've got. I mean, it takes up a lot of space in Trier. And so they found another one. <laughs> Is that what they're famous so, for? No, no, it's line? just they, yeah. they just found all these things. So, I mean, there's what? there's there's so many. I mean, the cathedral was a was a, a palace, was one of Constantine's palaces. 
It's and, the birthplace uh, you know, of when Karl it was, Marx. When it was bombed, when it was bombed, the uh, uh, part of the ceiling fell off there, and there's all the uh, the things from when uh, before Christianity, <clears throat> because the cathedral became was a was a palace and became a uh, a cathedral. So they're oh. they're, they're, they're they're finding this other uh, bath. And everybody's saying, bath? don't, like don't we have bath? enough? Don't we? Don't, don't we have enough here? People can come and see Roman baths all they want. Don't they have enough? And some uh, uh, wise guy put in the papers. He said, "Well, we got to find a rich American to uh, buy it and take it to the United States." <laughs> well. Uh, do they do comparative religions in uh, your extraterrestrial or UFO business? Because uh, that no, comes no, after the Anunnaki like courses. The comparative religions no, are after the Anunnaki like courses. That, no. No. You don't do anything like that? No. Well, no I thought no. maybe nothing. I'm interested right, well. in ancient history, but I think like I've said before, you know, uh, these guys uh, predate. The UFO uh, business—they predate Arnold. They—they come before Arnold. And uh, okay, so we can cover it for humans that don't understand, uh, right? In nineteen in nineteen forty-seven, there's an article about these guys. They were already well established in in a place in New York, and they already had uh, all this, uh, all these stories. as part of their, uh, it's not a religion. It's you know, it's part of their a study ideas. of the nineteenth century. Well, what well, about philosophy? philosophy? As part of their philosophy, they had all these ideas, okay. and they just uh, they just moved over to ufology with it. Okay, so there's a connection to philology or uh, etymology, not etymology, maybe. Etymology or phenomenology with philosophy and theology. So uh, we can discuss yeah, ethnology. This is, this is before Stitchin. This is before Stitchin. There's a, I mean, Stitchin wrote that philology. and people are saying, oh, Stitchin is the one that thought up all this stuff. They, these guys already existed in 1947 before Stitchin oh, sure. was around. Yeah, so we're going to do pre-Zachariah Sitchin, and uh, well, many people did, uh, but uh, we. Do you want to do the 16th? It comes out in art in Europe and France. You've seen uh, like Madonna or Mother Mary with a UFO in the background. That's a famous painting, you know, with a dog and a little boy pointing up to a UFO or star being or I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know what uh, those are. I, you know, art. I, are you? You know how okay. much you know how much I know about art history. It's practically nothing. Okay. I took I, I took I took several courses in art history when I was over in Europe. But I you know, yeah. So Did you go I, to the uh, uh, famous museums over there, the Louvre? Sure. Yeah, I went to in uh, Spain, the Prado and. Which ones in Spain? I went. I went I, you know, we went to uh, the Uffizi in Florence, and not only did we do just uh, art, we did you know like music. Yeah, I did museums. Mu- music, music, yeah, music, art. Ferrara and uh, Venice, medieval music, Renaissance music. So. Uh, 
Well, nature religion uh, changed ethically, so we can discuss that in the communities because we have our own Ascension Center organization that covers uh, comparative religion and ethical uh, communities and art, culture, education, science, technology, engineering, and folk life, uh, historically speaking. Uh, you know, we have thinkers and, and uh, people with uh, morals and ethics that uh, do like philosophy and they understand uh, they're also we're moving into consciousness and the development of, of not only the five basics are mostly right now on the planet. They only do beta, alpha, theta, delta, the four that you can see with exo uh, neuroscience and uh, they use EEGs, electroencephalograms, but we're going to go into the higher extraterrestrial once you get past uh, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma, five, right, gamma, which you probably know about, then we're going to go ahead and start training people in AI interdimensionally with, uh, let's see, beta, alpha, theta, delta, gamma. Then there's sigma, dal for the seven. And so we're going to, but we're going to go to 10 like we did with Geronimo and all the uh, Indian, teach them 10 dimensions. So that's all coming forward in the future in AI, but they call that future exocortex training. Uh, and if you're not familiar with it, folks, you can look at, uh, let's see, exocortex. Uh, some science fiction is picking it up already, but we're picking it up from the A, theory of everything, or um, a Akashic Field, uh, Irvin Laszlo, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of who, who handles the cosmic connection besides me. I used to work with Erblin Laszlo years and years ago in this reality, in this dimension, in this biological container. So uh, if you're eligible for uh, single scope background investigations, SBI, uh, in the past, or if you've been in investigations, we welcome you, and uh, there's special intelligence, and we have uh, this stellar wind uh, that some people have code names for that. And uh, some people study uh, astronomy and alienology in cosmology. So uh, that program was started by President George W. Bush uh, after 9-11 attacks. And then we have NSEAL information, and that's special intelligence. So probably uh, it's related to SIGINT, signal intelligence. But we are going to be getting into uh, space wars and uh, space trash. And, uh, of course, you know, we've recently, December 10th today is our celebration with Elon Musk and also um, S5 division of uh, what we call uh, CE5 level uh, close encounters and alien uh, in alienology like with me and uh, anybody that is ET contact uh, in our caveat for uh, common intelligence and channels of AI, we now uh, are putting out um, uh, G5, but we're putting out uh, in the uh, communication business what they call uh, – what do you call it? Uh, not they, they don't have six. Some of us have six. Uh, what do you use, uh, Jan, where you are on planet Earth, and you don't have it in Connecticut or when you're not in town, what do they call that in, in satellite? I used to train people in satellite, SATCOM. What do they call that? Uh, G, when, are you on a satellite? GPS, are you, on a, you mean that? GPS is part of it, yeah, but 
you have on your do you have an extension like uh what did they call that ebony uh back in the Indian days ebony uh your extension of your hand what do you call that when you use something ah there it is a cell phone oh, when okay. you use a cell phone uh, uh g5 s5 right. uh, what is that g is it g what do you call that it's the bandwidth six it's lower it's actually easier oh, what I, do you I, i'm not sure about that that sounds like uh, it's uh, uh yeah, intelligence I, I, ai yeah, but it's, i don't uh, know that's uh, that's 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 you don't do uh communications uh, well, what about in uh, – do you do cell phones, intelligence? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what is that in definition? You have skills in definition. Oh, you're talking about uh, – It's today. Let me G5. see. G5. Right. Is yeah, that that's on a, your – That's the one that's coming in. We've got four. I've uh, got five, and some have six. 4G right now, and then it's going to be 5G here coming up. Oh, 5G. It's backwards. That's yeah. uh, human intelligence left to right. Oh, okay. Well, in space, some things aren't linear, but when you come to Earth, you, you speak from reverse. And the Chinese can go right and left and up and down, and the Indians did, and they used hand language. So I'm hoping to train people in interdimensional travel and interdimensional thought processing, but that also, they has to come usually through the governments and the intelligence and communication. So are you... Uh, do you have E5 or G5? I mean, no, 5G? No, not here. Hell, we, um, I'm sorry. No, we, well, we hard to hear on this. All those Verbal commercials where they say that, uh, you know, uh, they show the map where you're covered. No, I'm not covered here. Why this are is, you not this covered? Is, this is you're rotten. USA. I have rotten reception. If but I ever DARPA see uh, Ricky started. Gervais, I'm going to punch him in the nose. But are you familiar with the defense? Uh, well, are you familiar with DARPA? or How about Ray Kurzweil? Are you familiar with Ray Kurzweil with Google? Engineer with Google? No? Anyway, all right. Well, uh, UFO intelligence will uh, deal with AI and uh, teaching people how to communicate interdimensionally. Uh, in your trier Germany, you didn't have that in your border, uh, like you just said, maps in your location. They didn't teach you in Germany. No. Uh, yeah. I, I, I... Well, Karl Marx was the birthplace of trier Germany. So location and maps. Are you familiar with maps? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you are a map reader. Of course. Oh, good. If you're okay. in the military, you've got to be a map reader. Yeah, yeah, map reading definition. Yeah, but well, I, I, I think you're talking about some uh, mystical connections here, right? No, no I'm not that kind real. of a map reader. No, it's real. They just uh, put it up in uh, – that's your interface, your interpretation. Uh that could be your uh, training, military training on topography, but uh, military geology and then how you work in intel 
in communications. But you're just saying that on the uh, one of your benefits of being human on planet Earth does not include uh, your extension of your uh, self, right? right? As a human, so that's why we have. Uh, we're extending uh, the use of cell phones, but unfortunately, a lot of the places on planet Earth that are being controlled until they get over the uh, next 10 years, just track uh, one of the humans that's on the planet is uh, is like a gifted futurist, and he, he has provided over 86% of the known reality as far as predictions, but now they're going to use emotions. And uh, you can track this through science, uh, Jan, so I don't scare you. That's what you and I do. We take things that we know about and we put them in history based on verbal communication, oral, right, you and I? Yeah. Oral reports. So what we're doing is taking maybe what you would at one time 30 or 40 years ago called sensitive compartmental information that is now being tracked. But as of today – and then you you know that we're doing space wars, right, it, since Reagan, because you were in the same Army I was, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine. So uh, you and I went in, and we did 85, and then we were tracked by our talent and our gifts based on uh, keyhole compartment and satellite intelligence. That's why they can see us right now, right? You're familiar with that, top-level control systems, satellites. Uh-huh. I guess you just got trained. Yeah, I, with... You know, it's it's like I said before. No, I'm. Uh, what I did was maybe uh, uh, important, but it wasn't anything. It, it was conventional. Let's put it that way. As, as okay. conventional as nuclear weapons could be, but that's 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 the kind of stuff. Uh, you're probably reserve uh, ox card or Corona that got retired, right? And, yeah, I know about let's... Corona. I, I know about Corona. Yeah, Corona was uh, Corona uh, and ox cart. Yeah. Well, it was uh, a it was a, uh, a satellite based uh, reconnaissance thing, which they uh they ejected the uh, film that they made back to Earth and. Uh, the Air Force had a, uh, they would actually uh, snatch it. Right. Uh, as it's coming back, they would snatch it with uh, with uh, nets on the back of the aircraft. Right, uh, that's it was, the, it uh, was a, uh, and they recovery. had done that before with balloons. They had used balloons before satellites. They'd use balloons that would uh, go across the Soviet Union. And then they would get to the uh, other side and they get to the Pacific, and uh, they had developed a way of snatching the, uh, releasing the, uh, the, uh, uh, the capsule and and snatching it up while it's in the air. That's, that's the KH four B. Yeah. But that's Corona satellite. But now under Discoverer, that was still under your time you're doing historically in reconnaissance and protection under the U.S. Air Force in 56. So uh, that's RAND Corporation. And we have Lockheed's Covert Advanced Projects, and that was in Menlo, California. Now, uh, 
anyway, we can discuss. Is are you or Barry Greenwood? Are we going to work together in intelligence when we come to satellites? Because I'm very much interested in assisting uh, humanology with uh, prior uh, intelligence in history. Uh, so you well, did for, do for, corona. Yeah, first of all, Corona and those things were all. You know, I was in the army. That that's Air Force stuff. Oh, and, oh, oh. Yeah. So. See, I I crossed over joint training, so that's so, the only difference. Uh, that, you know, it, when okay. I when I was getting ready to get out, uh, about the time Barentine was r- rotating back to the United States, they asked us if we wanted to. They asked us if we wanted to go to these briefings, and I said, "You know what? I'm, you know, I'm just about through here." Uh, I said, "I don't need to know any more of this stuff." Yeah, you know, and that's the well, way that's the way he felt too. We said, "We're getting out." Well, you're probably trained in Corona imaging, which was the Pentagon in 1967 when I came in. Yeah, well, so, Corona is like I said. I was in the army, so I I didn't get trained in anything like that. That's overhead. Uh, oh, that's, I did. Yeah, that's Air Force. Oh, oh, you're right. I was at Lowry Air Force Base. Okay, so those yeah. are satellite. I get it. So I have to change over to a different finger. On I see Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. Yeah, five. So that was Air Force. So, But you can speak Air Force, or at least some historical value if you read yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 I know some stuff about the Air Force, but I'm not a... Uh, hey, uh, we can get Richard Doty to do that. <laughs> he likes to talk to... No, no, I, I just... He has a whole group you know, of people I, that are I've, prior I've, military. I've talked to people. I've talked to people in the Air Force and the Navy and uh, the Army. Uh, of course, uh, yeah. I know a lot of buddies in the Army. Sure. But, uh, uh, Research yeah, and development. I, but uh, mostly, I've been. You know, if I do anything with these guys, I, it's it's it has to do with UFOs. Um, well. Uh, yeah, that's okay. So I, that, Everybody, you don't work with uh, a group of us in joint uh, had a meeting and decided we could let Dr. They asked me to go public and I wouldn't do it because I was still an investigator undercover. But uh, they, they gave it to Dr. Stephen Greer at my recommendation back in the day in the 80s, back when I was in. But Dr. Stephen Greer used to do a good job, but now he's getting a little hunky-dory. I don't know what you call it. Uh uh, to Eastern? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Do you know who he is? Yeah, I know who Greer is, yeah. All right. Well, he does fall over into our uh, ufology and alienology in the UFO Association. But he has his own Center for Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. But he's going off on... Uh, yeah, uh, but I, is that still uh, around, or did he did he close that, and now he's doing other stuff? Uh, I don't know. He did a movie. He went to educational entertainment, you know, but all of us are because of YouTube and Google. Google's forcing us because they call it uh, total, total 
I can't say it. The the uh, Ray Kurzweil explains that you know we have the good stuff and the bad stuff. Like when we had the atom bomb, you know, we could use it for good or bad, but we brought it out. But uh, he's considered an American ufologist in Wikipedia. He was born June 28, 1955, in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's married and has kids. But his movie was called Serious, and then the one that's on Uf- YouTube now. Free, I think, is unacknowledged, but it is on uh, Netflix. I think, and, you know, people pull up Linda Moulton Howe, George Knapp, Edgar Mitchell, David Wilcock, Bob Lazar, people like that. But uh, he has his own following. But mostly, uh, I had a guy on here on radio with me that was on The Biggest Loser, a television show. <laughs> but he went to one of Stephen Greer's things where they go out and use. Uh, Music and do uh, sky watches and call in people. They say whether they are. Or not. They have high powered flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> well, they use uh, uh, also. Uh, I don't know if his group does, uh, but a lot of the UFO groups use the uh, uh, red. What do we call that? I forgot it now. All of a sudden, I'm lost. You know the binoculars with infrared radar equipment. Uh, mm-hmm. Infrared binoculars, I guess. But anyway, I guess we should go now. So we will study the importance of the study of comparative religions uh, for uh, how it deals with alienology and spirituality, but also the future of AI because it's been accepted into humanite and uh, how we do hierology. And, uh, you know, we base a lot of our heroes, Superman, Spider-Man, but mainly Superman, Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, the Indian Nine with the Stargate, Project Stargate. And so now uh, I will be helping people as I can. Uh, but, you know, ace folk life is not all bad because everything started out as myth or legend or religion at some point. And I don't know that all the CE5 is is towards uh, the blending like uh, it's sort of their own thing. But I have Teresa J. Morris Ministries, but my thing is uh, – just observer and just let everything fall into where it needs to go. So uh, you're you're covering historic events based on your collections, hard copy, and uh, you relate very well to CSI, NICAP, FBI, CIA, and QFOs. Is there any other group with UFO files that you can think of? Bruce McAbee was NICAP, right? But he went to the CIA building and taught classes or did some event what they call it he did some oh, talking there. Do a briefing briefing there you go yeah. so uh now you worked with dr bruce mcabee right no we know each other that's all oh okay well just like you and i have never met but did you meet right. him did you meet dr yes, bruce yes, yes yeah 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 i i went to a couple of food floor meetings uh oh. one he uh you know, he's a accomplished musician, so he played mm. there. Mm. So. I didn't know that. There's a lot I don't know about him. I, I love him as a human, uh, and yeah. I love his voice, and I like his wife, Jan. And Jan and he did, met at one of those events or something, and then they got married, and they live in Ohio. But he's one of our founding fathers. Uh, first, it was Stanton Friedman. J. Allen Hynek, Stanton Friedman, Don Berliner, uh, Berlitz, Charles Berlitz, and then uh, Dr. Bruce McAbee came in with the uh, 
era of uh, CIA, but he was uh, instrumental. And see where I live here in Gulf Breeze. He told me this on one of these radio stations right here. You can go back and listen to it on the TJ CT radio, Dr. Bruce McAbee. And he talked about his Gulf Breeze affiliation and doing the investigation. And he did the Billy Meyer investigation. So those are two important ones. Now, there was Gulf Breeze sightings, which I've had here too. But the gentleman that uh, lived here, they found in the uh, – he had uh, just like this other guy we were talking about earlier. When they try to prove things and they go in and they're trying to prove it to people, they may make a replica. And uh, apparently they found one and decided he was all debunked. So, folks, you know, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> and Jan and I are just going to try to share as much history as we can remember in a real sense without losing you too quickly. But uh, study the past, study the future, and find your way, you, your own path. We are the authors of our own life story, and Jan's going to keep sharing his. Now, Jan, you did write down Geronimo and maybe some Indian lore with this lady in the basket. So that's where we can start. Yeah, yeah, I'll if you, see if I can find something about her. Okay, and what was it, the other You know, it's part? kind of, it, it, it's a really... Uh, Folklore it, thing? Yeah, it's a real sweet story, though, too. Well, we're here about Ace Folk Life. You don't have to put everything, you know, this is hardcore UFOs because we have a piece of it. Like they sent me to look for, you know, meet, uh, what was his name in, in Louisiana? Oh, shoot. I just had Calvin Parker, Mississippi. What was his name? He's one of the oldest names in the business. Oh, Jesse Marcel. Yeah, yeah Jesse Marcel. Had me meet the original Jesse Marcel. And then uh, uh, they started me out as a real young person, but they uh, sabotaged me in uh, the 70s by putting me at uh, Balboa Hospital, claiming I was a corman hospital corman under my social security number but i won't call that out but anyway that was a way to put me in the system even though i was working intelligence and working through acir at nasa chris craft right they got my clearance papers there <laughs> it's a very complicated story but somebody like you could remember jan because you know how we would get uh not just hip pocket orders which we didn't classify uh, in the vaults, but they always would put you out on. Uh, they called them uh, orders. What do they call them? Temporary duty orders. T T D T I D or T A D. Temporary duty. D T D Y. Remember T D Y? It didn't. Yeah, yeah. Sense. It did a lot of T D Y. Uh, the you the hip pocket orders. All, all those uh, all the civilians working at uh, Wright Field. Uh, they all had, uh, if there was an uh, emergency or a war or something, they all had hip pocket orders. Uh, Armin and... Uh, I had hip pocket orders. That's yeah. the kind of stuff I was assigned. So TDY and my husband was uh, TDI. Well, we, they would list this in the file as temporary duty assignment, meaning your temporary duty. So if you or me were looking it up in Office of Personnel Management, a hard copy, it would not correlate with our medical, but it would uh, correlate with TDI because I've had people from the Pentagon come down and, and then CIA and look up our orders, and they would find temporary bases as a permanent job location, but it was a designation 
that just was for certain military personnel. But they knew, like if I was uh, really an investigator, but I was wearing a Air Force at Lowry Air Force Base, but then they'd flip me, and I'd be working at Lowry Air Force Base on the Navy base, and I'd flip into my Navy uniform, right? But it depended on what briefing we were having. But they would call it TDY. But then I got assigned again to, over to Hospital Corman. This is dumb. That's why I was asking you if you remembered Aldrich James. That was all during Aldrich James. Yeah, years. I remember Aldrich James, sure. Isn't it funny your name's Aldrich? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, name. no relation, let me tell you. Okay, um, good. So, uh... Well, we should go, but also okay, look up... Yeah. The, intelligence-wise, I'd like you to tell that Aldrich James story and like you to tell the Geronimo and the Army and Fort Seal. So we may get into a little bit of how cross-cultures happen because even though we're talking about our UFO people, we talk about Navy, Army, Air Force, Marine, and then history. And then a lot of people love the Army, and they also love the Navy and Air Force, but they like the uh, Indian stories. And I've never done any intelligence work or historical documentation of Geronimo and the Indians growing cross-country and trains. So there's some train stories. Remember like Big Bang Theory, the nerds, you and Barry right. and me. I'm a Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I'm the girl. I would be his girlfriend that wears the nerdy glasses. <laughs> I'm the neuro. Right. I like uh, anything to do with the brain, neocortex, and uh, communications. Well, we went over again, as we usually do. I can't believe we did that, but they hadn't cut us off, so I guess I'll have to. Well, yeah, thank I, I you. thought I heard music in the background, but I guess you missed it. Uh, you know, they play okay. that music and say thanks for joining in. Yeah, so hopefully we're still on. All right. Well, we'll find out because it'll go on. Uh, you can pick us up, folks, at Spreaker, iHeart, Stitcher, iTunes, which is now Apple, uh, Spotify, I've got a whole big, huge following on Spotify now. And uh, Thursday, I do Portal Stargate to get you involved with TJMRCT, the UFO organization, Jan Aldrich and I. And we hope you like what we're doing. Maybe, like you said, sometimes if you mention like uh, drama or love interest, it piques your interest, right? So we may do a little bit more of that because it gets real boring hearing our history that we like. But we're trying to get people to remember Historically, we were really out there before 47, and uh, there's a history out there way before to Constantine prior to Trier, Germany and Karl Marx and future. So uh, we'll, we'll mix, mix AI in the 20th century in 2020. You know it's going to be 2020, Jan, in a few weeks. Today is the December 10th. Right. So, all right. Well, I'll see you next. Uh, are you coming during the holiday season? Are we still sure, recording sure, on the seventeenth? Yes. All right, then uh, mark your calendar, folks. December seventeenth. We don't know what we're going to talk about, but hopefully we're getting more interesting. We'll cross over into various historical uh, topics and categories inside UFO Association organization with Jan Aldrich and Teresa J. Thurman Morris. All right, thank you, Jan. And this was your episode nine, so we'll close off this book. We do uh, nine chapters, or maybe ten to twelve. I've forgotten already, but we'll see how long these are once I think people. It's nine. All right, so we'll stop at chapter nine and then start a new book. All right, well, uh, well, maybe at the end of twentieth century. I mean, twenty-first. I mean, wait. 
this is 21st century. I mean, uh, year 2020 and 21st century. So we may stop at the year when we begin 2020. It, uh, this, uh, just so I can really tell you that as of 122112, we started the Ascension Age, uh, even though you go by 34,600 years. We're doing uh, ancient mysteries and uh, ancient wisdom, new thought teachings with the ACO Ascension Center organization. And we're doing folklore and even Indian folklore with ACE Folklife Society, but we're accumulating alien contact organization and how it became a part of folklife historically, but we go back to pre, uh, uh, pre-Earth and stories that you may or may not know of. But uh, we also go back to when, uh, I guess you'd say humanoid species, like Linda Moat now likes to talk about Homo sapiens sapiens and Homo sapiens on the planet coming to Earth. And so do some of the people, the sky people that they called uh, Anunnaki. And the Anunnaki's were way before the Zachariah Sitchin. They were the sky people from the heavens came. So An was a famous god and uh, brought over the 200. And we'll, we'll get into all that history. But uh, anyway, there's all kind of different words that will lead you into the future of AI and then the history of humanoids on the planet and how we intermixed uh, through the millions and billions and how we get into the human genome and how I've been working on various projects, including for integrative medicine and alienology and ethnology and uh, phenomenology into AI studies in, uh, in the future with satellites. So uh, good luck, Elon Musk, with putting all your uh, satellites out prior. And we're, we're going to work together, folks, just like we did in the UFO business as reservists and civilians. So Jan and I are civilians now, and we're old. And we're retired, and uh, we hope you'll come join us and tell your friends about our recordings here. They're free, <laughs> and we may hopefully make a, a transcription out of it. Thank you, Jan, for remembering your friends and some of the people I worked with, and uh, look forward to next week, okay? Thank you for your time on Earth. Okay. <laughs> Any last words? Oh, project1947.com is what you always say, right? Is that yeah, your yeah, sign-off? Uh, www.project1947alloneword.com. That's uh, the website. Now, how do they get in contact with you? They can contact me, but, I mean, do you want them yeah, to get yeah, in contact sure. with your uh, Facebook? Um, my email is project47 at earthlink.net and uh, uh, alright say that again I have to write it down myself I know it's in my computer but I'm going to put it in my book here yeah, so uh, project all one all one word project 1947 at earthlink.net okay so that's how we can write you if y'all yeah, want then, any history uh, um, and what else you want? Facebook. Oh yeah, tell them because that's your social network. We all of us right, use right. Facebook. So, so uh, Project Forty Seven is on Facebook too. Nineteen Forty Seven. Yeah. So, but it's okay, uh, what is it? Uh, Jan Aldrich. Are no, you, I I'm on Facebook separately, but that I use I use that mostly for my friends and and relatives, and then. UFO-wise, I use uh, the Project 47 uh, uh, Facebook. Well, it, uh, what is are it? You, uh, 
Is it? Aren't uh, you? Don't you mean Project 1947? Yeah. Well, no. When you get it on Facebook, isn't it uh, uh, tagged? Uh, um, I don't know. I'll look it up for you real PJ quick. PJ 47, I think it's tagged. All right. PJ 40. Well. I don't know. Uh, Project Forty Seven. Let me go Facebook. But you, could, you could you could just you know you could just look it up. It's project you know you just look up Project One Nine Four Seven and it should come up anyways on Facebook. All right, I'm putting in Facebook dot com forward slash Project Nineteen Forty Seven. It comes up in Russian. Uh, so that's not you. Some Russian company took it over. So pro- they took over Project 19. When you when you when you go on Facebook, uh, do a do a uh, search and it'll come up. Yeah, let me do because this is yeah. they took over your project, the Russians. Oh, yeah, right, everybody, you know, there's there's something about a Chevy car that is Project 1947, and there's all kinds of things, but you know. All right. Okay, well, I saw you once, but hold on. This one, UFO, UFO, Project 1947, project1947.com. Now, uh, I was able to get there from, let me see, I'm going to hit like page, but where is it now? Because it went by so fast. Let me go backwards. Uh, No, not the Russian one. Okay, let me go back. Uh, Anyway, just... If I could do it, you you guys could do it. It took me already to your project 1947.com. Uh, but anyway, Jan Aldrich, and uh, just use uh, TJ Mars ET Radio or, or ACO or TJ Mars. Anyway, I'll get you in touch with him, but just tune in here. And sometimes if you want to talk to him, I may bring you on the last hour. Uh, sometimes we let people talk to, to uh, our guests, very, very seldom, but... Anyway, you can get me on Facebook. So, Jan Aldrich, TJ Morris, TJ Morris ACO Club, TJ Morris Agency, Alien Contact Org. I've also got UFO Secret Space. A lot of people like that. So, uh, that's it then, Jan. I guess I will talk to you next week then, okay? Okay. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great time, folks. That's it. That's a wrap. Thank you. 